Greetings, friends, and welcome to Game Face, episode 268 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. This is the flagship show of Sifted. We'll be here for the next few hours, whipping you around the world of games, talking about the biggest games and stories from the last week. Alongside me to do that is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. How's your week Really been? not much. Really not much. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's brutal right now. Waiting for, I mean, well, I think, like, humankind is out today. It is. Right? I wish I had got review code of that. But yeah. then I, I also wonder if I would have been able to even play enough of it to talk mm. about it intelligently. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot there. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, it's a Civ clone, a Civilization mm-hmm. clone. Uh, it's not actually a clone, though. It does do a bunch of interesting No, it's a very different stuff. thing. But, it, but it's, a, it's a Civ, like, 4X kind of thing. Like, it's a... It's not a play for an hour and no. tell you what you think game. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited for it because I will finally be able to play a PC game on my couch using my Steam mm. Link because it's a turn-based game, um, and you can obviously take as long as you want in between each turn if you want to. And uh, with those games, I do. How about you, Matt? Have, do you sit there for like 10 minutes sometimes waiting and like contemplating what you're going to oh, do? No. I, oh, you I, don't? I do not have analysis paralysis now. You, you like... You just kind of steamroll through. I those generally games. know what I want to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. And even I mean, sometimes I don't know what I want to do because I have just just started playing the game. But I will just, I'll just like, oh, I'll just do this. And yeah. If it turns out wrong. At least I learned something. Right? <laughs> I'm very peculiar with those games. I'm like, oh man, this one move could. I feel like every move could just totally destroy the game. And mm-hmm. so I'm very like self conscious about it. Like once I get into the game, you know, I've been playing for a few hours. There are some turns where I'll sit there for like five or ten minutes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that. I do it all the time. Uh, so anyway, that game like is... Like 30 seconds is about the limit to my turn contemplation. Okay, okay. Um, honestly, the whole rest of August after this week is just loaded with games. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, Aliens Fireteam coming, Humankind, as we mentioned, Psychonauts 2 coming. Uh, oh, yeah. The back half of August is stacked um, but we have been just kind of puttering along here through the first half of August, mm-hmm. and we are working for these shows. I think they're still fun, and they're still good, uh, but we're just not talking about the big blockbuster games like you guys may be used to. A couple things to go over, housekeeping stuff. Um, this Saturday, we are doing a live Shane versus Super Mario Maker 2 stream. Um, it kicks off at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash games. I will be playing your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I established last week that I will not play any of them more than 10 times in a row. Um, if I can't get through it in 10 tries, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, but get those levels ready. Get them polished. you got about four or five days left uh, before that happens. And again, that's on Saturday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, also... Tomorrow we are shooting Pactor Factor, so consider this the last call for Pactor Factor questions. Uh, you can find the place to submit those questions anywhere. <laughs> if you go <laughs> and uh, follow us at Sifted Games on Twitter, there's a link there. Um, there's a link on Sifted. There's a link on our Patreon. Uh, there's a place to submit questions on our YouTube channel. If you go to the Community tab on our YouTube channel, millions of places to uh, ask your questions. But when I get out of here tonight probably going to cut it off so i have to start compiling questions for the shoot tomorrow morning um so you got about four or five hours to get your questions in before we cut those off um let's see what's going on here on chat see if anyone's given us any twitch prime early on oh yep there's some already wampler 13 thank you for twitch prime 
44 months in a row. That is insane. Hype train already at level one. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Um, any others? Commander Fett, thank you for Twitch Prime. Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, I think that might be it. Hmm. Um, Lesteved says, I purchased the highest Patreon tier. How does it work? Um, let's see. Well, if you're saying the highest Patreon tier, I'm assuming that you got the Game Face sponsorship tier because right now the Pactor Factor Party tiers are not on our Patreon because there's no Pactor Party. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably add those back when the year turns over because, God willing, mm-hmm. E3 is going to be in person next year. So we'll probably add those back. So right now, like the yeah, highest... Pactor's got two years of partying to do in one night. <laughs> and he's going to do it. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, so right now, the highest tier is like Game Face Sponsorship. Um, so reach out to us or me at Sifted. Just go at Shane uh, and send me a message and let me know what you want to do. You can sponsor anything you want. If you have a YouTube channel, you want to promote that, we can do that. If you just want to promote your Twitter handle to get more followers on Twitter, you can do that. Anything you want to promote within reason. If you got some houses to sell in Montana. <laughs> exactly. We'll take that too. Uh, but anyway, just reach out to me uh, privately on uh, Sifted or Twitter. You can send me a DM on Twitter if you want. I'm at Dinfire. Uh, but just reach out to me and we'll figure out what we can do for that tier. And most importantly, Thank you very, very much. I really, really appreciate it. It makes a big difference for us, which is awesome. Um, let's see what else. If we got any more Twitch Prime in here. Nope, I think that's it. Oh, Listev is saying Game Face guest. So you want to come on Game Face. Um, we will talk about that. We are, we were actually going to have a guest next week on the show, but he just had to cancel. So he's going to be pushed into the next episode which would be around the 31st Uh, another reminder by the way um next tuesday will be game face as normal the next week the show's going to shift a day or two because i have a doctor's appointment for my knee i'm having knee surgery i have an appointment that's on the 31st which is tuesday and i cannot miss the appointment and it's like right when we would be doing the show so the show week after next could be monday it could be wednesday matt and i need to figure that out i need to work around his schedule and the schedule of the potential guests that we're having that week uh, but anyway let's dev just reach out to me uh, privately and we'll get it all sorted out and we'll get you here on game face which is pretty exciting i think he's the first mm-hmm. game face guest uh to hit that patreon tier so also if you want to promote something while you're on the show totally cool with that as well uh, we will figure it all out in private um let's see oh little big daddy is still there yes he is sneaky we haven't we haven't removed him yet he's still there um i think that's it i think we're ready to get into the show um we're gonna kick things off with what was surprise surprise the biggest story of the week and not actually a huge surprise because rumors about this have been swirling around for a while but Kotaku's, and I want to give credit to the person who reported this and did the uh, and beat the pavement to get this story, Zach Zwiezen. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I've actually um, never heard his name before. That I mean, in German, that would be correct. Or Zwiezen. Zwiezen. Dep- okay. Depending, depending on how Americanized that is. Yep. Uh, Kotaku's Zach Zwiezen uh, has reported that remasters of three Grand Theft Auto games are on the way. And not only are they on the way, Matt, they're coming in the fall mm. early november is what he's reporting he says they're it's coming a lot to, of gta in one season it is um he's if reporting the gta 5 update is also the true. ps5 yeah. and series update mm-hmm. yep um 
he said it's coming early November, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, PC, Stadia, and mobile phones. Wow. Uh, he did, he, it's insane. He did report that the PC and mobile versions might slip to next year. Um, I guess it's the 20th anniversary of Grand Theft Auto 3? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, 2001. <laughs> Time just flies. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um, so they are the three. I remember having to drive down to the was it the Millbrae Mall to get a copy of that from the GameStop because almost nobody got it in. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was, was so, so not interested. No one cared. Like we weren't even going to cover it on the sh- on extended play. The GameSpot people cared a lot, and I will say this about uh, Jeff Gersman and Ryan Davis: they saw what Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto was going to become before a lot of people did. Yeah. I did, but like I couldn't convince anyone else on the show that it was... I had to go down and get it, and then I came back and played it in the game lab, and people were coming in all day and being like, what is this? I'm like, this is the thing. Like I was trying to... I saw. I remember... Saw, I think I saw the article in Game Informer about it. I yeah. was like, oh, that's going to be special. That's going to be a big deal. Yep. And so it was. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be the big deal it was. Or it was obviously, Yeah. But uh, I didn't know it was going to revolutionize what we thought of as video games the way it did. But... I knew it was going to be something important. My first impressions of Grand Theft Auto 3 was that I was disgusted by it. Hmm. Like I could see it was going to be huge, and I knew that a lot of people were going to like it, but I didn't want it to do well because, and I was wrong, obviously. I was afraid of the direction it was going to send the industry because this game, it wasn't like a half step. It was like, just jumping straight over the line and peeing all over it. It just was so different from anything that had come before. It wasn't concerned at all about how it was going to be viewed by parents or the industry at large, which is why it was such a huge hit. It was a rebel video game. Yeah, which is funny because really it's the same tonally and content-wise as the other the other three they already made. It is, but it's 3D. But now it's in 3D, so you can you don't have to imagine. So I mean, look. The original. I always thought the idea of GTA was great, but those first three games, if you two games and one expansion, if you want to call the London thing an expansion of the first game, mm-hmm. um, like one and two, I find I always found them pretty much unplayable because mainly because they're top down and you can't see where you're driving. Yeah, so and I mean the gra- the graphics were so crude. Yeah, it was like, it was very hard to understand what you're supposed to be doing. Most or of what the time. was even really happening. Yeah, when it comes into full polygonal 3D. Suddenly yeah. you're like, oh, wait a minute. With presentation and voice acting. Yeah, Because you know, yeah. before, a lot of it was like, right. it was just like text with like, under it. And like, yeah, yeah, it had the music more or less, but like it was, uh, it was more of an idea in search of a presentational format. And they finally found it here after prototyping it through Body Harvest, which was made by the same team. And don't let anyone tell you that Body Harvest wasn't a dry run for GTA 3 because oh, it absolutely, absolutely was. was. Yeah. I mean, the design is all there already. They had built the engine. Yeah, you can go. You know, Rockstar and the Rockstar specific people can go on and on about how it was, the GTA was their thing, but DMA Design figured out how this game was going to work in Body Harvest, which Rockstar had nothing to do with. Well, DMA was Rockstar before they changed their name to Rockstar. Well, Rockstar it's was its own. People. Was they became Rockstar North, but right. they were they were not owned by them. They were a separate development team doing their own stuff, mm-hmm. and Body Harvest was one of those own stuffs. Yep. So it was, you know, they were also doing the other GTAs, but they were just being published by Rockstar, mm-hmm. uh, which and I always thought it was a little distasteful how Rockstar sort of took all the credit for 
this mm-hmm. uh, when it happened to the point that they tried to sell State of Emergency on the back of this, right. which was by a completely different team. And on the flip side, you know, I just gave credit to Jeff Gersman and Ryan Davis for spotting how good GTA, yeah. how big of a deal GTA 3 was. I should also mention that they were all over that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they thought that it was like as good as GTA 3. Like, nope. I think Ryan Davis gave State of Emergency like a nine or That's something. That's absurd. Yeah. I gave that a two out of five. Yeah. And I am I w- believe I was correct. I think you were correct on that one. <laughs> well, that was two out of five out of five, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, obviously, they were reviewing on the ten. Two out of five scale. out of five, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 2.5 out of five. Two out of five. Two out of five. Okay. Um, yeah, so they saw GTA 3 for what it was, but then... Mm-hmm. State of emergency for. I mean, a lot of people did, but I I also give credit to Penny Arcade. You know, the only great thing to come out of State of Emergency was the the Penny Arcade comic. I don't remember. Uh, it was basically like uh, Gabe was excited about it, and Taika was like, "What the hell is this?" And he's like, "And, and he's like, he's like two hours later, he's like, maybe I can just tape the button down or something." <laughs> and the last panel is him trying to return the game to GameStop. And the guy says, you just bought this yesterday. And, and he says, I'll buy you yesterday. He's like, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, I do remember that comic now. And actually. Adam Sessler and I used to, will do the I'll buy you yesterday thing <laughs> to this day. Like we, we quote that at each other all the time. That became like a running gag. So I, I thank State of Emergency for giving me that. Yeah. But beyond that, that game sucked. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> um, for all, We should have mentioned right off the top, the three games that are reportedly oh, yeah. coming, Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And they are saying that these are all three are coming in one package. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be released yeah. separately. It's I mean, be they've like done that before. Trilogy so. collection. Yeah. Um, they did that on the original Xbox, even. Oh, really? I think, actually, I think it was just, maybe it was just three in Vice City. I don't remember. But um, the, I do have a pack of like, at least two of them at some point. And I think they did do a trilogy pack eventually when they when they brought... Basically, they started porting the, the PC versions to the consoles once the consoles were strong enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And they were definitely improvements because they had full aim. Uh, the PC versions obviously you know, put in mouse aim because you could do that. Whereas the console versions of uh, 3 and Vice City use that weird auto target, use the... the the shoulder buttons to sort of yeah. jump between targets. Mm-hmm. You, did, you couldn't actually aim. Yeah, you had to you know? tap it to yeah. cycle. Yeah, which was awful. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> San Andreas finally fixed that. But like uh, San Andreas fixed a lot. San Andreas is probably still my favorite GTA, like of the whole series. Like I think that's where they hit the sweet spot, really, and they've never quite gotten back to that. Sneaky is saying it was three and Vice City, then San Andreas came to yeah. this one, then that's, it was a three pack. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. That makes sense. Um, some other reporting from Kotaku on this. Um, they said the the visuals are going to be a mix of old and new. And they said the hmm. best way to consider it is it looks like a heavily modded GTA. Game, yeah. Which I don't know how you incorporate old and new. Um, it's that's a hard thing. I mean, probably you'd be using new character meshes, but you might not be completely redoing all the buildings. Yeah, you know, like, maybe like they you, don't. You'd retexture everything, but you wouldn't necessarily remodel, remodel the whole city. Okay, you know, that, so that maybe would probably be revamp the character models, but not everything else. Yeah, something like that. anything you'd see close up. Maybe they'd redo some of the messier cars. What about the um, facial anim- facial animation for cinematics? Maybe? I don't know. That's a that's a good question. There's a lot um, of X factors with this. Yeah, I mean, it's not just you can't just like straight port the PC versions. Anymore, you'd have to really work on these. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I you know, ideally, like three in Vice City would arguably have to be remade almost completely. Um, Which I do not 
see which, that happening. No, I don't. I mean, like, and there's a lot. I, I'm interested to see what they would do in terms of like balance and like gameplay design. Like, because look, the Demolition Man mission in Vice City is still one of the most frustrating things I've ever played in a video game ever. That's the that's the remote control helicopter yeah, thing we're trying to drop. The, but yeah, about that. it is yeah. the worst thing in <laughs> really the entire is. series. Like, just it, it yeah. is just. It has been the whipping boy for a while. Like it's like that. Like that mission is one of the things when I think about replaying Vice City that I'm just like, yeah, no, because it's like mission twelve or I know, it's, it's early. Like it's, it's like you hit yeah. this wall with everyone this thing, has to do it, and yeah. you have to finish it. It's yeah. a story mission. You can't just it's not leave optional. It. Yep. Um, I am one thing I will say at least starting with I think it was San Andreas. I, wh- whoever worked at Rockstar that no that was obsessed with remote control vehicles who then apparently left or was tied up in a closet and never allowed to design a mission again. Thank you. Whoever did that. Thank you. Like it immensely improved the franchise. It's true. Um, some other um, information that we got from Kotaku's story, an updated UI makes sense because otherwise it's going to look awful. Yeah. I'm mean, at the very least. They just need to redo it. So it's, a I'm curious about resolutions. the music, like relicensing all the music, I especially for like too. San Andreas. Yeah. I mean, there's not a ton. I mean, for San- Vice City and San Andreas, for, uh, I think uh, three, the only real licensed music I can think of is that one station that just plays the soundtrack to Scarface, right? Yeah. Over and over, like that was. But I remember I used that the, might not be hard to get either. No, I, I used. The, I remember I used the "Take It to the Limit" song in uh, the review we did of the PC version uh-huh. on extended play, and I had to convince Annalise it was actually from the game that it was a real song and not just like some weird thing I got out of the sound song library. Oh, really? She's like, "That's a real song that was released by people." I'm like, "Yeah, like that." She had never heard the song. She had. She. I mean, she didn't know the soundtrack from Scarface to, by heart. <laughs> no, um, but it was like that. Take it to the limit, like that thing. Yeah. And she's like, "That's real. You. Why did you pick that song? I'm like, that's from the game." She's like, "Really?" I'm like. I, I mean, it's not unrealistic to assume that I would pick something that cheesy, but yeah, like, yeah. I, I do, lo- I do love my weird '80s stuff. But like, she That's was, uh, she was like, mm? it was kind of like when we did the, uh, we did a, the Twilight Call of Duty, uh, like trailer thing, and. I basically wrote part of the end of it where they just sort of summarize the events of the final book as like kind of the, the bookend for the, the the skit, and like legal like sent it back to us and said you can't just make up weird stuff that doesn't happen in the book and have to call that parody or funny. You you, you can get sued for that. I'm like. I didn't make any of that up. That's all really what happens in the book. And they're like, really? I'm just like, yeah, so go ask, go ask, this, go ask these people. Like, that's funny. One of the VPs like, was a fan of the books. And I'm like, ask her. Like, and, and, yeah. they're like, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And they're like, okay. I mean, you know, it's, like, it's stuff, you know, that's some of my favorite misunderstandings are when it's like, no, we didn't make that. That's real. S&P, like, yeah, when like, things are so absurd that they just can't even believe it. Yeah, that's probably even more of a problem these days. I would imagine. Yeah. Yep. Imagine trying to explain to like someone from legal who doesn't really fully understand pop culture what Deadpool is. Yeah. <laughs> or imagine know? trying to make sure that you're staying on the right side of the law with like TikTok videos yeah. and all that. It, it's really yeah. complicated, fair use, and whether you can – whether they're – using fair use correctly and then if you running their video is right. using fair use correctly it's like a double whammy yeah at a certain point you just got to hope that there's a there's a parachute in that knapsack and not a tablecloth <laughs> <laughs> that's true um, uh, one thing i think people may be disappointed in um and you may be because we just talked about it is that the gameplay will mostly stay the same yeah for, for these remasters yeah I, I mean i will say that i i would assume that the game if you've only played the old console versions of three and vice city these would be tremendously improved yeah because it wasn't until the pc version came along that you could aim right yeah so uh 
I, I but like I said, I wonder about the balance and and tweaks of the gameplay to maybe make them less insanely frustrating for a modern audience. Yeah, because some of that stuff requires a level of patience or even just like auto saving. You know, like yep, you know, that the, isn't required of a lot of games, right? Like I mean, games aren't required of the player. Yeah, anymore. old GTA. If you died and you, I mean, you died and lost money and respawned at the hospital, but if you didn't want to lose that money, if you want to re- reload the save. You had to reload the last time you saved one of your hideouts. Yep. Or like if you failed a mission, you got to start the mission completely. Oh, mission check checkpoints, I think, didn't start until San Andreas. Yep. Um, yeah, there. I think people are in for some unpleasant yeah. surprises San, with these you know, games. Infamous San Andreas mission where you got to get the train. You got to get big smoke to the train and all that yeah. stuff. You know, like everybody hates that mission too. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that hasn't aged too well. A lot just of people. From a, I mean, I've seen people in chat already saying like. I didn't play these games. I didn't play three or some half of them were like I, my first one was like Vice City yeah. or or a lot of them were like my first one was San Andreas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think some people are going to be in a root in for a rude awakening. With oh, yeah. These games or like the fact that San Andreas is the first one where you could jump over fences. Kind of. <laughs> <You, you, laughs> very but, awkward. But there was still a, you could. A, me- a method to vault over. Right. Something right. Yeah. Where you couldn't before. Yeah. And it's the first one you could swim and not die. And when you touched water instantly. <laughs> right, yeah. It is funny to think which about made, all these contrivances. Which made extra, was extra weird in Vice City because there were boats now. Like, yeah. it was, it was like, so much of Vice City takes place on boats because it's Miami. Well, it's like when people, if you touch water, you insta-die. Yeah. Well, it's like if you think back to that era, Matt, like just running over people with a car was enough to like bolster oh, yeah. a whole game. Remember Carmageddon? I remember going over to a buddy's mm-hmm. house. He's like, look at this game I just got. It's called Carmageddon. You can just run over people. Mm-hmm. And that was like enough to entertain us for an entire night just yeah. running over people and watching how they flew the people never played death race 2000 exactly and then, then grand theft auto 3 comes along it's like you can do that and you mm-hmm. can shoot stuff it's oh, yeah. like there i remember when like we used to do the thing where like you know once i had to finish the game and had all the stuff and all the hideout where all the weapons would spawn and stuff like you load up on the weapons you put in the code that makes all the pedestrians get armed and go crazy and just run out and shoot things with rocket launchers until you died like that was yeah. see how long you could last that's what we that's what my friends and i would do like we'd take turns doing that i also just realized that we're now going to get copyright strikes because i just ran a trailer for the last story DLC from a Grand Theft Auto mm. game. Rockstar still copyright protects all its trailers. Still. Wow. After all this time. Even Nintendo at this point has like given it up. <laughs> but not Rockstar. Rockstar still protects everything. How dare so, you use our promotional material to promote, to promote, our promote video your games. material. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, the final uh, details on this stuff is that the games are being developed by Rockstar Dundee. Oh. Which is good on you, mate. Which oddly enough, <laughs> which oddly enough is in Scotland, um, mm. where it all kind of started. Oh, Dundee's yeah, okay. Isn't DM wasn't uh, DMA in Scotland? DMA well? was Scotland. Yeah, yeah. they so still, I mean, kind still of are. All come full circle. Uh, Ruffian, for reference, worked on Crackdown, like two and three, mm. and it also worked on the Master Chief Collection for a bit. Ooh. <laughs> Don't spread that around too much. Yeah. So the pedigree. At least there's no online play. Right. The pedigree there isn't great. Um, and then the final note was that if these remasters do well, the same studio, Ruffian or Rockstar Dundee, will then work on a remake of the first Red Dead. Oh, Godspeed, folks. Yeah. That thing is. I would not Even the people who that. made Red Dead 1 don't know why it works. Well, that's probably why they're shoveling it onto somebody else. Yeah. They're like, here's your, pro- it's your problem now. <laughs> like, yeah. It is, that thing is apparent. I mean, by the, by the admission of the people who made it, 
when uh, we talked to them a bit at the at the Dice Awards, uh, that game is that game's code is held together with duct tape and string. Like it barely got made and functioned, and to the that's why there was no PC version because that team got dissolved afterwards, and no one understood the code well enough to go in it would have been a huge undertaking to rip the whole thing apart and put it back together for pc and so they just never did it i still remember the first day that we got that game and i was astonished yeah. at what a disaster it was mm-hmm. i mean it was the one of the buggiest triple a games that i had experienced in like a really long time and they never really cleaned it up no it's still it's still it like functions well enough and i still like it you can finish I've, the game i've played it twice uh, you know, second time when they made it backwards compatible on Xbox One, and it's gorgeous. Like it, it, it still looks good, and uh, it plays better. It plays better on Xbox One. Um, but yeah, it could use it could use a new coat of paint. I would not want to work on that project. No, I, I, <laughs> like no I don't. Thanks. I wouldn't even intend to play that again. Probably, but I would still buy that in support of that ridiculous. Ambition. Just because you knew the just because I knew they what had they've to had to go through to do that, I will buy that game, <laughs> no question. Just to support whatever team has to make that, yeah, R- Rockstar Dundee, whoever it is. Will you play these games again, Matt, with these remasters? I will probably play uh, San Andreas. Yeah, I like San Andreas a lot. I do too. Um, yeah, I like the setting and the tone yeah. of Vice City and yeah, the music same. of Vice City. Same. Oh yeah, same. I, but, but Vice City. It, Vice City, I gave Vice City a four out of five mm-hmm. at the time, and I was uh, roasted for it. Yeah, uh, but I maintain that that game is not all that great in yeah. terms, of, especially. I mean, GTA Three was a three, it was a five out of five because it was so did groundbreaking. Yeah. But GTA Vice City was just a reskin, and they didn't fix any of the things I had problems with in GTA Five and could overlook because of the revolutionary quality. GTA Three, GTA Three, the revolutionary quality of, of GTA Three, but like. You could have made the aiming a little better, and they didn't. Yeah, and it's just you know all the little things. And San Andreas finally gave us the quality of life improvements that should have been in Vice City, but we're yeah. not. Um, and it was gigantic, and it covered like all of California, and it was about you know West Coast gangster rap stuff, which is stuff that was big when I was in high school. So I had a lot of nostalgia, and, and you know it's, it was about my time. You know, yeah. I, it was. It was, uh, you know, certainly wasn't how I grew up. I didn't grow up like CJ, <laughs> obviously, but like, but it was like, a, it was, it was, it captured that moment, that, that yeah. moment in kind of pop cultural and NWA cultural time and, and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. It was great. You know, uh, like driving, you know, driving along through, you know, Los Santos, Santos rolling playing, down the street, smoking, smoking Indo, Indo, sipping on, sipping gin, on gin and juice. juice. It like was it's all that, in there. It was that the video game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and going off the jumps to welcome to the jungle and all, you know, yeah. absolutely. And then like, just when you got tired of Los Santos, you end up in San Francisco yeah. and you go to Las Vegas. I mean, that yeah. game had tons. You got a rocket pack. Think like about what they accomplished in a yeah. short period of time. Yeah. And now think about how long it takes Rockstar to accomplish anything. anything. Yeah. What happened? I, I mean, know. games became more complicated became more to compl- make. Yeah, sure. But, but it's also like, dang, dude. How, I, I remember when 5 came out, and I'm just like, well, they'll probably, you know, I, I kind of expected, I think we expected Remain a platform. It's like, and even if just if it was just GTA Online, I'm like, well, obviously, they'll probably add, like, San Fierro later. Right, right. And uh, whatever the hell they call it. Was it Las Venturas? Is that yep. Vegas? Yep. Um, I figured they'd add that. I figured they'd, they'd expand the map and stuff. Because obviously. GTA the, Online took off, no, and that was it. That was all they needed. Yeah, um, I would love to see San Fierro again. Yeah, in, in modern absolutely. Day. 
Yep. But uh, it's uh, I'll, I'll go back to San Andreas, no problem. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's fun in that. You know, messing with CJ, making him big and muscular, and eat, making him eat too much, and all that. <laughs> I could never create a sheer amount of that I was happy with in that game, though. It's hard. I was, it's well, crazy to think, though. They had like a system where if you ate too much, yeah. your character model got bigger. Yeah, and I did. That. I used to do that. Go there are achievements for it. So I did. I, I put CJ through a lot of body horror yeah. just to get some achievements on the Xbox versions, as I recall. It is but, kind uh, of funny how stuff like that, that. Maybe that. Maybe I was doing that to be a dick, and then it disappears for ever in yeah. some cases and never comes yeah. back. Yeah, and like, I mean, in the end, CJ ended up very muscular and thin. Because yeah. at a certain point you got to play the game, you got to run, and you stop stopping into the burger joint every <laughs> once in a while, and he gets he gets super skinny. Yeah, my got my dude was like a rail by the end yeah. of the game. Yeah, that's how it works. Matt, what if anything does this say about GTA Six? Not anytime soon. Yeah, I mean we knew that. Yeah, I've been saying like we'll be lucky to get GTA Six this gen. It's crazy. I mean we'll be, we'll be playing GTA Six somewhere around the same time we're playing Elder Scrolls Six. I mean, it may be after that. Who Could knows? Be. Who and knows? like the thing is, they can do that. Yeah, it doesn't matter, matter because people keep playing GTA online. They're about they're about to make well, you know boatloads of cash all over again because of uh, these GTA remasters and these remasters, and then them moving to PS5 and yeah. Xbox. I'm sure series. that GTA 5 will be bigger, um, but you know what? We'll, you know, and then maybe next year we'll get GTA 4. Like that's not as popular as five. I wouldn't say it's mm-hmm. like it's probably the the um, it's probably the kind of the black sheep of the of the series yeah, like, a little bit people didn't quite know what to make of it i still like it i think um, it's be- a big part of it is because the lead character just isn't yeah. as charismatic it's and- that plus it's like there's a little it feels like it's a little closed in more gameplay wise and um i believe just liberty city is not all that interesting i think like we'd already done it i think there was too many people working on that game living in new york city when it was being yeah made. yeah i, and I think it impacted the development of the game too much right and made it a game that people who live in New York City would love, but people mm-hmm. who don't live there or haven't visited there a ton, there was a disconnect. Yeah, it's just not really. I'm like, dude, if you if you call me to go bowling one more damn time, <laughs> like I like I get to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do that. But then you lose relationship with, with yep. the, your cousin because you don't want to go bowling every five seconds, yeah. and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there you go. Remasters coming according to Kotaku of GTA Three. Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas in early November for everything but PC and mobile, which they're saying may slip into 2022. Mm. Um, And still no word on Grand Theft Auto 6. Huzzah! All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about what was the biggest debut of the week, although the real debut is still coming. That is Call of Duty Vanguard. Another, uh, Matt, there are so few surprises left in games anymore Mm -hmm. so stories about this broke like a week and a half ago that there was going to be a big reveal for it on the 19th um and then as the days went on more and more leaks started happening more and more details started to emerge until yesterday i think it was yesterday um finally activision released the debut teaser trailer for the game um it is set in world war ii it is being made by or led by. No one really makes Call of Duty anymore. It's like a mm-hmm. team effort. But it is being led by Sledgehammer, which was also the primary developer behind Call of Duty World War II. Um, They're like weird, like a fungus. Like eventually you've just got a thing. Yeah. It all grows together. And Yeah. I mean, it's they've been, I mean, it's 
basically the Assassin's Creed model. Yeah, it's a giant machine. But they've been inching towards this for years now with Call of Duty, and they're there. You really can't assign a game to a studio anymore. Used to be I'd be like, hey, here's Treyarch's Call of Duty, and Mm -hmm. I like Treyarch's Call of Duty's better than the other Call of Duty, and now they're just all blended together. Blended together so much, in fact, Matt, that already rumors have circulated that this game has had trouble in development, and therefore some of the content that was originally intended for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is now being cut from Cold War and moved into Vanguard. One of the Mm -hmm. Zombies maps that was supposed to come in Cold War has been moved to this new game. Um, Here's the interesting thing about this, Matt. How they are going to reveal this game. Have you heard about this? No. This is a very strange way to present this. Well, it's it's a teaser the trailer. Face, but the faces are weird. That's a, well, it's like... I guess it's supposed to be... What the, is that kind of art called? Where if I you look know. at something from just the right perspective, an image is created? I don't know. There, I wonder if there's even a name for it. I think there it. is a, a name for it, but I don't remember I don't what know it what is. it is. Um, so anyway, Matt, they are debuting this in a way that I don't think has ever been done before. It, they are revealing this on Thursday, August 19th, so two days from now, at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, inside Warzone. Mm. So it feels a little bit like the Fortnite stuff, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, basically what, what happens is, and I'm not even 100% sure because they've been kind of vague about it, um, but there's a full reveal inside Warzone on Thursday, as I said, before that, there's a limited time double XP, double weapon XP, and double battle pass XP event. And then once that event concludes, the Battle for Verdansk kicks off. And somehow, some way, amidst the Battle of Verdansk, Vanguard is going to be debuted. Hmm. I'm not sure if everyone's going to fight to a point where there's like a big TV screen and everyone like sings Kumbaya and stands around and watches a trailer together. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they haven't really released many more details about it, so we're just kind of left to wonder how it's going to work. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I think I'll see a video of it later. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go in there and do it no. either. But what, as far as, like, the marketing angle and, like, honestly, know. the creativity involved, do you think that's a good idea of debuting a game that way? I mean, does it matter even? No, it doesn't. Because what's going to happen is as soon as that event is over... The trailer's just going to be up on Call of Duty's YouTube channel. Yeah. So you don't have to actually participate. And the real marketing will happen on sports telecasts and mm-hmm. in the little, you know, the, the online stores for the various consoles. And it's just a thing for hardcore fans. Hardcore fans to yeah. see it or whatever. And it's, I thought they did something sort of similar, not like this elaborate, but didn't they like it premiere the last one, like Black Ops or something and something like that? I don't remember that. It was some kind of online. Th- I remember it was I some know. kind of online thing. Like I don't that. remember it if they did. It's possible. No, like, like this is this is way more involved. Like this is more of a Fortnite right. thing. It's in a like. huge event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it does feel more like a Fortnite concert. And again, I'm just wondering if everyone's going to fight through this battle and then end up at a big stage with a big screen where everyone agrees not to kill each other for yeah, two minutes. Yeah, the chat's saying they did it with Cold War. It was just a trailer that played at the end of a mission. Um, Juan X Solo. Um, I don't know. I don't remember it, though. It was just a trailer that played at the end of a mission everyone did in the map. It's not amazing. Okay, that makes more sense. 
um, which is probably also why I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I didn't. it didn't it didn't leave a ripple in the in the in the water at I rem- all. Because I remember hearing something about like to to see the new tra- like people complaining you have to see the new trailer you have to play the game or something. I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. But and I'm not doing that. Either. I, yeah, I was. It was. <laughs> I mean, I would I would consider doing it, except I have to install a 200 gig game to do it. So I'm not going right. to do that. It's, it's like, yeah, that's I'm not going to go it's back like, and reinstall. I don't have time. instant access to Call of Duty to do that. That's, that's yep. the problem. Yeah. I wouldn't do it even if I had it installed on my hard drive. I'll just wait and watch the media that's released on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, we'll have that unsifted as soon as it breaks. Um, there are some other details that have leaked out beforehand and then were confirmed by, like, data mining and things like that. There's going to be an alpha August 27th to the 29th only for PlayStation owners. Um, so the marketing deal that they have had with PlayStation is going to continue for Vanguard. Um, and then there will be two beta weekends. Um, one, the first weekend is again for PlayStation only, and then the second beta weekend will be for everyone. Again, this deal for PlayStation really paying dividends. Yep. Um, the game is reportedly launching on November fifth. I'm wondering if that'll be the same day as the GTA remasters. Remember, remember, yeah, fifth of November. Oh, that's the wrong country. Never mind. <laughs> uh, with season one starting on November twenty third. And then, as I mentioned, Cold War's final Zombies map is moving to Vanguard. Mm. Um, One of the things that has kind of been reported about this is that there are going to be substantial improvements or advancements to Warzone for Call of Duty Vanguard. I don't play Warzone enough to even know what those would be if I played them. (laughs) To be be perfectly honest, I, I haven't played Warzone since, like, Cold War came out. Like, I played it so I could talk about it on the show. I don't think I've played a single match of it since. I tend to just play like the more traditional playlists um, instead of jumping into Warzone. But obviously Warzone's the biggest because it's free, and that's what most people yeah. are playing. So it makes sense to focus on advancing that part of the game. My big question, Matt, is what are they going to do with a story mode? Because if you remember, the right. the last one had like these, what were they called, war stories or something? It wasn't like a campaign. They had like these separate missions that were like called war stories, I believe. Isn't that right? Was it World War II that way? I thought that was Battlefront. Was it Battlefront? Or Battlefield. Um, call, war, was it? I can't remember World War II very well. Um, I, I really bounced right off that. Did it have, was it separate things for like Battlefield, Battlefield did? I thought so. I can't remember. I could be wrong. Maybe they did jump around from one thing to another. I can't remember if it was called that. We haven't heard anything about a campaign in this yet. Obviously, Cold War had a campaign that was pretty darn good. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if that's carried on. But based upon the developmental issues that have been that have surfaced about Vanguard, I would not be surprised if there is not a campaign or if there is. It's something like that war stories. Some kind of bite sized thing. Yeah. Instead of like a full on campaign. We'll see. I don't don't remember World War II, II, but I know Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5 did that. The war stories. That's what it was called in those games for sure. I think so. yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, at least if you hit a, a thing that you didn't find interesting, it was over soon. That's <laughs> like best I can say about that. Um, and Vincent is saying Activision said it will have all three pillars, campaign, co-op, mm. and multiplayer. But what about zombies? I mean, there are actually... I mean, zombies is co-op. Yeah, I guess zombies falls into the co-op, even though you can play it solo if you want to. Um, yeah, but that's not fun. Yeah. Zombies never, is not fun by yourself no. at all. Um, like, you might as well just start juggling plates in your kitchen at that yeah. point because you're going to have about, a, about as much fun. Yep. Um, Matt, I know you're not a big shooter player. You're not a shooter player at all at this point. What would it take to get you to play a Call of Duty? <laughs> Is there anything that they could do? 
No. Wouldn't like, there I no would theater cons- of war that no. would convince you, or no. no setting. No. I mean, you could make Infinite Warfare two. Okay. I would play that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I otherwise I would probably I I would. I would not be averse to going back and playing the old original Infinity Ward ones again. I would play 2 and 4 and uh, Modern Warfare 2 again, which I did when they did the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the remasters. Yeah. Um, I still like those well enough. Um, it's just not... This, I, you know, the new stuff doesn't, doesn't grab me. Uh, Infinite Warfare did because it was something different. It was future stuff. It had, it had some verve to it, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, World War, I, World War Two. I don't think I played more than an hour. Like I just didn't care. Like it, you know, I do care about World War Two. World II, War Two was was a was a huge hit, by the way. Yeah, like yeah. it did really. But really I always well. I always associate the big hit stuff with multiplayer. You know, I, when you say that, I assume the multiplayer is really good. That people or that people really like the multiplayer. I believe the big thing was boots on the ground again. Yeah, yeah. I just. Um, yeah, I don't see any. You know, I don't like Black Ops, so there wasn't a campaign there. But Cold War felt like it was some kind of like continuation or maybe sideways reboot of that kind of thing. Um, it kind of was. Like I, I really liked Cold War at first. Um, I'll say this: it was at first it was the best I've ever been in Call of Duty, and that coincided with me getting a new wireless router, mm-hmm. me getting my new OLED TV. Yeah, with, you had, you had like, a lot of lag gone all of a sudden. With no latency. Yeah. My, when I last checked my KD, it was like 1.8. Mm-hmm. And then the cheaters started rolling in. Um, and I fought through that for like a week. And I was still doing pretty well in the game, but I just got sick of playing against cheaters. And so I stopped. And I, I have not played it for months, um, which mm-hmm. is very rare. Usually I play one Call of Duty with my in my spare time 15 minutes here mm-hmm. 20 minutes yeah. there until the next one comes out i haven't played cold war in yeah. months and fragile zim makes a good point he asked if i've played titanfall 2 yes i have titanfall 2 is the best single player shooter campaign of the last 10 years it's maybe great. more yeah. certainly the last generation could have been a little longer and but could have been but like part of the problem i have with call of duty now is that <laughs> they're not remotely as good as titanfall 2 and yeah. like Probably not a coincidence that Titanfall 2 is largely made by the people who made the Call of Duties I would go back and play again. Yeah. You know, like I, I really like how those original, you know, um, uh, what was the, what was their name at EA? 20, 20 Infinity f- Ward? Yeah, yeah, before they formed Infinity Ward, they were, you know, 20, 2015 or 20. They had a weird name. Like, I don't remember. They had like a number for a name. Uh, and then they formed Infinity Ward and created Call of Duty because they didn't want to make Medal of Honor anymore. Um, you know, they made Alley Assault, and Alley Assault was great. It's also great. Yeah. Call of Duty 1, 2, 4, Modern Warfare 2, great. Um, Titanfall 2, great. Like, I, you know, you can see that. You can see, you know, uh, I can't remember the guy's, uh, the full name of the guy who did, who did the sniper team. It's the same guy, uh, Mackie is his name. He did, the, he was the level designer on Sniper Town in, uh, Alley Assault, that one where you had to go through, oh, and like they yeah, were just yeah, one yeah. shot, you did all that. Yeah. And he also did the Chernobyl sniper level. Oh, which in, is great. Which is great. Like he's just, and he also worked on Titanfall 2, as I understand. It's just like you, some of the designers at that, of the, that team are so good and unique at what they do. You can tell when you're playing one, one of, of their, their levels. levels. Yeah. Like, and true. there is nothing that, like, there's nothing that unique or that, um, uh, crafted in the modern Call of Duty to me. They do so. feel a little like they're 
copy um, and paste snapped yeah. together. Inf- inf- Infinite Warfare came the closest because it was so different, mm-hmm. um, and it was lit- it was about a kind of warfare that I have an interest in, speculative, far, sci-fi far future and, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like you're gonna put me in starfighters. You're gonna like turn the gravity off at times. You're gonna yeah. make me even just make me run through that celebration at the beginning where all of a sudden these the cap ships. Come it was in. the like, most innovative Call yeah. of Duty. It showed me stuff really I'd never time. seen in this in that game before. And frankly, and the people stuff, rejected it. Stuff I'd never seen done to that <laughs> at that budget and that production value level. Yeah, you know, like that was one of the other things about it. It was rejected by and fans. Just, yeah, just everyone. I mean, you know, sure. Like, like I love the multiplayer. I'm no metric too, for because that because it had the jetpacks. Yeah. But if you talk to like. Joe Call of Duty fans, yeah, it's not they, what they hate it. Yeah, they hate the jetpacks. They hate everything that they try to do different in it. They and look when it went back to boots on the ground, everybody celebrated again, and now it's just settled into this groove of mediocrity, which it mm-hmm. seems to be where it's going to stay. We'll see. I mean, ho- I'm hoping that we'll see something with this Vanguard reveal on Thursday that shows that they're trying to push the franchise forward a little bit. Um, I'm not 2015 on it. games. That's what they were. 2015 games. Yeah, that's what they were when they made Alice. Catchy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the story behind that name is, but that's yeah. what they were before they left and formed Infinity um, Ward. Regal Vamp says I like Spec Ops the line a lot too. Yeah. I have never finished like that game. Is a hard word to say. I have never finished <laughs> Spec Ops really the good, line because I f- I find it unplayably boring. Yeah. Uh, I watched the interesting parts from the end of the game on YouTube and stuff, and yeah, mm-hmm. I get, okay, fine, I get it. Like, cool. Like, it's subverts the whole thing and da, 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 da. but that game is boring as hell to it's play it's the story and the situations it puts you in that will drive you forward to play but it, i never do. i never got to them because i was oh. doing incredibly generic garbage for yeah, like I mean, 2 it hours it's not a finely crafted game no. for sure that's also case, I, I, I feel like nolan north is miscast in that game um, I don't. I don't buy. That was his, the time where he was yeah, he's casting everything. everything. Um, I like to. I like to imagine before Sam Drake ruined everything. I like to, I like to imagine that the main guy in Spec Ops: The Line was uh, uh, Drake's older brother, <laughs> um, who just took a very different path in right. life. Yeah. That was also around the time when Saints Row Four came out, and you had the you had the, the, your voice options for the character were male one, male two, male three, female one, female two, female three, and Nolan North. Yeah, <laughs> like Nolan North was a literal option. An option in there. They wanted to get their money's worth, I guess. That's what. I, that's what I, I mean. I that was, it was a joke. It was literally a joke. Yeah. But they record. Yeah, I, 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 that, that whole. I'm going to go back to Saints Row Four again. Um, <laughs> that game's ambition in terms of voice recording is amazing because my friend also played started a game and picked a different voice from me, and that her voice has. I'm playing uh, uh, Laura Bailey, who's female one she's playing female two who is a i can't remember her name the voice actress actor's name but she's doing a french accent she's uh-huh. french she's doing, and a bunch of her lines are different really like there's like french interjections and like the subtitles are wrong because she's saying the different same sentiment things. with a different wording huh. like they went they went above and beyond in terms of the voice recording and voice direction on that game in a way the rest of the game doesn't <laughs> it's just whoever was in the voice direction and writing on that game yeah. um Went to town in a way that they were not able to with it because it was mo- it's mostly a reskin of three. Yeah, but like I, I'm just I'm impressed by that game all over again. I'm, I miss Volition's stuff. Yeah, they, they they do good good work. It's funny because a lot of people who maybe followed me back in the GT days, for whatever reason, they've built this stereotype about me that I am like this huge Call of Duty fan. Mm-hmm. So I can always tell people who haven't 
followed me since I left game trailers because they'll like jump into like the comments on YouTube on one of our episodes and be like, Shane's a cod mark or whatever. I'm like, man, <laughs> you have not listened to my discussions about call of duty for a long time. If you believe that that is the case, I personally am struggling to get excited for Vanguard at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, as I said earlier, it's the franchise has just settled into this, this place where it's afraid to change. And because they're afraid of being rejected by fans. Yeah. Well, also, like, it's, like, the only thing Activision puts out. Like, they can't afford Afford to have a failure. Yeah. Like, you can't experiment in the position they're in. I'm wondering, too, if all the hubbub about Activision Blizzard and all the stuff that's been going on Mm -hmm. there might have some kind of an impact on how the game does. I'm just struggling to generate a lot of excitement for the reveal, the big reveal on Thursday. I mean, I hope I'm proven wrong. Um, I hope it ends up being something that's amazing. Um, I'm just not 100% sure that that's going to be the case. I, I, sometimes I look back at the last time I cared about Call of Duty, and it's amazing how far time stretches into the past. And it's a, it'll be even more amazing if you counted how many units it sold in that amount of mm-hmm. time. Because, I mean, Activision, it's the sad part, Matt, is that we always say vote with your money. Well, people did. And so they created an innovative Call of Duty, and it was rejected. So it, it sucks when you tell people to vote with their money and they vote for the wrong candidate. <laughs> it's like, I mean, uh, but it, look, it's not my franchise; no, it's everyone's that's franchise. What, that's so. what De Tocqueville called the tyranny of the majority. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, and um, especially when people like a bunch of different options. In the end, the thing that wins is generally going to be something most people aren't happy with. Yeah, just because something gets a majority of the votes, if you add up all the minority votes. You might end up with a majority who's unhappy with the outcome. That's no, like if you look at that, and sometimes I wonder if that's the case of, with Call of Duty, but just everybody's got that's what they play, so it's just what they keep doing, you know. Well, it's like I went and looked at the comments on YouTube for this this debut teaser trailer for Vanguard, and almost all of them were like another year, another COD. Yeah, it's but that's your fault. But everybody plays it. Yeah, <laughs> so you still do it's it. It's like that's that's your fault. Yeah, and of course, the the majority of the people that do make that happen are n- people who would never even look at it on YouTube. Right. You know, they're they're all just the people that oh, new Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Time, Time to, to head to GameStop yep. and pick it up. <laughs> My Walmart. first week of November. Oh, right. Getting at Walmart. Yeah, 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 Let's yeah, be right. honest. My uh, the first week the of Aug- of November ritual that all these people yeah. go through. They just go and pick it up sight unseen. And then the other the other game. That does that, of course. There's two I associate with that sort of cycle. What, and Grand Theft Auto? No. Uh, that doesn't come out often enough to have a cycle. But I'm just saying that they um, always pick it up. Every time sure. they get a new console, they uh, buy I'm it. talking about the other yearly release. We'll get to it in a minute. Oh, okay. Fair enough. The um, one I don't play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be handling this next topic all on my lonesome, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I didn't even know it came out. I, I know this well, is when it comes out. It's not out yet. It's not I forget. Yeah. I forget it's a thing. Yeah. It is a thing, and we'll get to that next. Um, but that's all the information we have on uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. As I said, Thursday, let me get you that time again, just to pound it into your head, so if you're interested, you know. Uh, Thursday, August 19th at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. That's when you can go inside of Call of Duty Warzone and experience the, de- the full debut of Vanguard Live. Or you could just be like me and wait until, like, 11:30 or noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, and, and just see everyone you know tweet about it, and yeah, just see or it just that go, way. Or go to sifted.net and just watch the stuff without having to jump through all the hoops of actually playing mm-hmm. in Warzone and dealing with that whole. Mine usually world. tends to be like, what is all tweet? Oh, everyone's tweeting about what is that a video? All right, I guess I'll watch that. <laughs> That's how I encounter marketing now. Is just like 
Patrick Klepek retweets it, and I, <laughs> and I see it. That's and it. that's how you see it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that's Call of Duty Vanguard, what we know so far. We'll probably come back, circle back to it next week uh, once we have some more details. Um, also, you know, these alphas and betas are coming before the end of the month. 27th yeah. to the 29th is the first alpha on PlayStation. So we'll be playing this in the not-too-distant future, which hopefully is exciting. We'll see. Uh, next up is Matt was alluding to, a game he has very little interest in. <laughs> and, and truth be told, it's the same for most of you. And because... And, and so it's always weird. Every year I talk about Madden, and I'll say, I'm not going to talk about this very long mm-hmm. because I know a lot of you guys are interested in it. And then we'll publish the episode, and people will be pissed that I cut the conversation short because they're like, I do care about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to go in between this time. Uh, I mean, we're not going to talk about it for like 20 minutes like we do mm-hmm. most games. I'm not going to talk about it for like five to eight like I have in years prior. Like my thing on this is, uh, especially after, you know, we don't do it anymore, but like for a long time I used to do like football Sundays at my friend Lawrence's house. And mm-hmm. it, we mostly I had the games on during Sunday and like we would talk, but we talk about movies and nerd stuff and Star Wars and things like that. And, you know, barbecue and doing, you know, there's other things. It was a social event. It's just football was the excuse kind mm-hmm. of thing. And some people really did care and other others of us were just sort of there to see each other. Um, but over the course of that, by just by osmosis, I did un- just start to understand how football works right. better. Yeah. And there were a couple times when like, I also got to understand. I think I got a glimpse into the sports thing for a second, where like, like, ever, like during the main like <laughs> just during, for a fleeting moment, just like during like the playoff <laughs> stuff, because I enjoyed going there and like we had stuff planned and food planned everything. Like every once in a while, I get there at like nine thirty in the morning on Sunday. Cause, it was cause, exciting that like game started ten a.m. Yeah, people. It was, but it was exciting. That's <laughs> like, oh, we got a whole day of this to do. Like we got a whole day to see this. You know, all these games are gonna be on, and we're gonna like do all these meals we got planned, and we're gonna uh-huh. talk all day. As like, it was exciting to as a, as a as a thing, thing as, as an yeah. event that was gonna be there, and it was, it was all gonna be on the TV, and it was all like I got it for a second. Like I still didn't care who won, but I but I got like the. The, uh, the draw. Yeah. And there were a couple times. The where community I'm like, part of yeah. it. Yeah. And there were a couple times when I got like, oh, I should try Madden. Now that I kind of understand some of how football works, I should try Madden again. And so I'd like go and like pick up, uh, or I'd, like, you know, like a beta or a demo would be up or I'd, I'd get a cheap copy of the previous years and I'd mm-hmm. try like, nope. Yeah. Like, still uh, still no. <laughs> like, that, not, not it. Well, it's funny. My mom is a gigantic Steelers fan, just like me. I mean, my whole family, Steelers. Mm-hmm. And it's just a thing that's just kind of passed down from generation to generation. Like, when my nieces and nephews are born, one of the first things I get them is, like, a Steelers onesie. And that sets it in motion. And then there's baby pictures of them wearing Steelers gear, and they just they just turn into Steelers fans. And my mom has been watching football longer than I have. Like, she was into it before I was born, and now I've, you know, I'm into it more now than she is. You wouldn't know that talking to her, of course. Mm-hmm. But... She's been watching football for decades, and there are still obvious things about the game that she does not get. Hmm. Like, I'll be watching a game with her, and she'll say something, and I'll be like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, she still doesn't understand, like, a lot of the logic or the strategy behind it. Like, she'll be mm-hmm. like, why don't they just kick the field goal immediately and just mm-hmm. get the three points? And I'm like, because they can score seven. Yeah. And she's like, but they could, but they're not going to miss the field goal, Shane. They're going to get the three points if they kick the field goal. I'm like, but mom, well, that's they why can- they wait until the last down to do that because they have a chance, right? Until like the- stuff like that, she right. still doesn't get. In football, it, my point is, is that football is really complicated. Oh yeah, I mean, it really is. I and- get extra confused sometimes because my so my dad didn't like the NFL. Uh-huh. He liked college, right? So like. 
I, I most of the uh, the uh, kind of being around football when I was younger growing up was from college and so NFL is a little different and I don't understand the nuance in places and and I think it's I think it's indicative that periodically I would ask my dad why do you like college football and but not, not NFL football yeah. and he never gave me an answer I really understood <laughs> like I can't tell even I would da- understand even it now I can't tell you what his <laughs> answers were cuz it was just sort of like what like I never understood there's something people. about like the game was faster or there was more rules there's of, more scoring because there's yeah, a lot there's I, worse players on the field like, so he, he didn't phrase it like that but i remember him saying they were higher scoring games yeah because there's not enough good players to right. go around like once you get to the nfl those thousands of players are called down to like 200 so you're getting mm-hmm. the best of the best on the field at all times in college you have people like me, honestly. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> like I was a pretty good player in high school. If I really wanted to play college football, I probably could have walked on and sat on the bench and played like special teams or whatever. Like people like me can make the team. You get to the pros, it's not. Mm. So you have a lot more scoring, a lot more big plays in college football because there's crappy defenders out there who are going to blow coverages or just aren't fast enough to keep up with like. Alabama's four-star recruits. You have a much bigger disparity in skill. And so for some people who just want to have exciting moments watching Mm -hmm. sports, they like college better. Or they're really tied to like their alma mater. Mm -hmm. I'm a Temple alum. (laughs) Temple's football team has historically been terrible. Uh, They've been competitive the last like 10 years, but they're in this little dinky conference. And even if they went undefeated, they still wouldn't play for the national championship. So mm-hmm. I struggle to get into college football. I really don't watch it at all. I'll watch. I, mean, like, I the can see that. Like I knew, I certainly knew people in college who like they loved pro football, and they're one of their th- one of the things that a lot of them would say. Independent, and a lot of them were from De La Salle, yeah, which is like the the, the high school, fo- the football school, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they would say they would say like football's a war, like it, like it's watching a war of two sides like it fighting is. for for territory. I mean, it is, yeah. And I can see that if that's your mentality, what you enjoy about the game why the NFL version would be more interesting than watching a bunch of kids screw up. <laughs> you know, like, like if that's yeah. kind of what happens in college football, I can see why that would be less appealing. Cause then you're like, no, like, especially the way people get all was like, no, how could you know the armchair quarterback stuff? Like it must be more frustrating to watch college players. It's hard because so football, a lot of it is tension is coming down yeah. to this play. Can the defense stop them? In college, you watch college football, and again, I'm a Temple fan because I went to school at Temple. Mm. Like, you watch a play like that, and you're like, it's all comes down to this. And, like, their safety just falls down. Or somebody just blasts past him because they have twice the speed. And you're just like, we have a scrubby safety, and it cost us the whole game. Like, the NFL doesn't generally work Mm -hmm. that way. But you do get a taste of of it being a Browns fan, it sounds like. (laughs) Even I know that. (laughs) You do. That's I like that, Matt. That's I the like, Steelers like arch rival, by the way. So I, <laughs> I, I like. Uh, was it Times Any says? Uh, or is it uh, Times Any says? I'm just a fan of seeing the same Toyota commercial 20 times in 30 minutes. That is also true. <laughs> That's a good point. Knox uh, Turnitus <laughs> says to like football, you have to be into into the strategy for the four or five mm-hmm. seconds of action at a time. That's yeah. True. It's like it's a lot of downtime. It, it reminds me of turn based strategy games. Sometimes. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So much work into one moment, and if that one moment goes wrong, you got to start over. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, so anyway, let's talk about Madden instead of just football. Yeah. Um, I have been playing Madden for the new Madden for the last five days, something like that. Um, You've gotten two games done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do take a long time, man. It's a big time commitment. Um, 
And, you know, as Matt was alluding to earlier, people always say, New Year, same Madden. Mm -hmm. And that's always what people want to know first is, is it New Year, same Madden? And I would say this. I'm a big football fan, and I do enjoy Madden. But I would agree with that assessment of Madden more than most Madden players. It is, for the most part, every year, only the hardest of the hardcore fans really notice the changes. Mm -hmm. I mean, Uh, the important thing is, how much shinier are the helmets? I'll say this. The helmets look amazing this year. All right. Uh, amazing. They literally look real. Um, they've nailed the lighting and how the lighting works, even with, like, the metal flake helmets. Um, the ga- This game looks stunning. It does look good. It is amazing, honestly. There are times where my eye is tricked into believing. Oh, that's ridiculous. I what? mean, I know those are just photos there, but, like, the, like oh, the, no, the no, presentation no. <laughs> sometimes is very, well, very tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, look, if you saw that glimpse of Patrick Mahomes earlier in the B-roll there, he doesn't look anything like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but then there are other players, like the coaches, are scarily accurate. I mean, it really looks like the coaches. Hmm. Some of the players, not so much. You would think the cover boy, like oh, right, that Andy does, Yeah, I know. Yeah, Andy, I know. I mean, oh, the, wow, look at that shot. That's, I mean, that shirt's really well done, too. Dude, it's, yeah. There are moments where this game will fool you. I used to say years ago, I think I said it on like years ago on this show, it's like the next big challenge for sports games is cloth. Yeah. Like making the uniforms crease and hang on And they've on started that correctly. in NBA 2K. Yeah, NBA really pioneered that with like and making it was really weird at first. But they're getting there. <laughs> they're getting there. It's getting better. Um, so visually, the, and by the way, this was captured on Xbox Series X. Um, if you're wondering which platform this footage was captured on. Um, it looks stunning, for sure. Um, but what people are really concerned about the most now is like, how are they going to tweak the modes? What are they going to do to the actual gameplay itself? And I will say this, as far as... As far as Madden games go, this one is pretty high up on the scale as far as improvements and changes. Um, The biggest change is to the mode that most people play, and for whatever, well, I know why. They haven't worked on it very much. It's because they want Ultimate Team to drive tons of revenue. Um, But Franchise Mode is the mode that most players play, and most people care about the most. They had not touched Franchise Mode, I'm not exaggerating, Matt, since the generation before last because when Ultimate Team became this money thing for EA... Like PS3? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the money thing with Ultimate Team, once that took over, all the improvements year after year were to Ultimate Team. This year, Ultimate Team basically went untouched, which is crazy hmm. and hard to believe because it is still the money maker for EA for the most part. Um, but this year, all the changes were made to franchise, but they still aren't all that deep so you can still play franchise as either the owner the coach or the player one of the big changes is that you have control a lot more control over the coaches and the coaching all the way down to like the personnel people who you never even hear about even if you're a hardcore football fan Um, the coaches now have skill trees so as you play through the game and you earn points you can now apply those to the coaches so, like, the Steelers just drafted a uh, running back in the first round named Najee Harris. Their offensive line is terrible. They just completely revamped it. So they have this new running back who's amazing, but their O-line sucks. So from my perspective, what I ended up doing was I took a lot of those points and I spent them on the offensive line coach, and then I specifically chose to have him teach the lineman how to pull block. Do you know what that is? No. So that's instead of just, like, blocking the person in front of you, you actually ignore that person and run around the end and start running in front of the running back and block whoever you can. 
Um, and since Najee is fast, he's an outside runner, I decided to put my points into my coach, teaching my line how to do that. Now, I haven't got far enough to where I'm like seeing a difference in it, but it's a big difference, um, and it adds definitely some granularity to how you can upgrade your team. It's not just about your player now, it's also about the people who are actually helping to improve your players, uh, which is a neat addition, but again, something that only really the hardcore players are gonna notice. Um, training has been simplified, which is good, because training has always been boring as crap, and most people skipped it. Uh, I think EA figured that out, and so it's a lot more simple now. And then here's the caveat. Those are, all, those are the additions to franchise that are in the game now. EA has promised a bunch of them to come as updates and DLC later, mm. which I'm not 100% convinced that that's going to be the case or that that's actually going to happen. Uh, but the good news is they have finally upgraded franchise mode. It still has all the other cool stuff. Where you can do online leagues with literally the whole league filled out with real human players. Um, and there's already thousands and thousands of leagues that have been created. Because um, this is on Game Pass, by the way. You can play this on Game Pass right now. Huh. It's not even out yet, and you can play it. Um, I think it's on a 10-hour timer, but I think EA may have just eliminated that because people were having problems with it. Uh, so if you have Game Pass, you can go play this right now if you want to. Um, and then to go down through some of the other modes, uh, the story mode returns called Face of the Franchise. It's still absurdly stupid. Um, the big change to that is that now you can be a linebacker, whereas before you could only be kind of like offensive positions. I'm always the quarterback in that mode. I don't know why, because the quarterback touches the ball every play. Mm -hmm. And in these modes, like a lot, you only play from your perspective. And so I don't <laughs> want to play running back or wide receiver and just run a route and have no one throw me the ball. So I always play quarterback in this. At least at linebacker, you're actually in on every defensive play. So maybe there mm -hmm. is an appeal for that. Uh, but the story is just awful. It's the typical, you're fresh out of college, you're trying, you get drafted, and then you're on the team, and then you want to become the starter. And this yeah, one there's only is, so much you can really do. I guess it, it, you're right. I mean, and the the other characters in the plot, one is your agent, the other one is basically your hype man, who's your quote unquote brand manager, who follows you around with a cell phone and takes TikTok videos of you and puts them up on social media. It's I don't even know why they bother doing it anymore. It's offensively bad. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's certainly fallen a long way from like the ambition of that one, the first one they did with Mahershala Ali. It never went any further. No. And in fact, it regressed from that since they, they really put real effort into it that first time. Mm -hmm. And since then, I think they figured out that people were just like, this is dumb. And so they're like, well, then why are we spending a ton of time on it? I mean, like, I felt like that, that was sort of an attempt to get people like me. Mm -hmm. in on it yeah, like who, sure. who wanted the drama you know cuz I'll watch a sports movie yeah you know like like the the drama of the conflict of sports is not lost on me I just don't want to watch it in real time you right know? yep um and it's bad the story is really bad um and there are moments it is like an RPG so it's like you play out your week and then you have a meeting with your coach he tells you okay well you need to work on this and that you make decisions in those conversations some of those decisions immediately boost like your players abilities like he'd be like i need you to focus on blocking or whatever and mm -hmm. you block before you even block you get like a, a stat bonus just from the conversation he's like well you said you're gonna try to block harder here's like yeah. a higher blocker rating it, it i don't know it, it it literally kept my attention for about an hour and a half and i was like i'm good um, I see where all this is headed, and I've done it a million times. There just weren't enough changes or additions to it to make it interesting, and the story was dumb. Uh, the voice acting was bad. The cinematography was bad. 
It was just <laughs> in fast motion. It looks like you're doing horrible experiments on this man. Oh yeah. He's like, no, let me go. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and let's go through all the other modes because that's the other thing about this game. There are a ton of modes, but Matt, the best way I could describe it, it feels like they designed this game using those like poetry magnets. Yeah. <laughs> that you get for your refrigerator where they just give you a bunch of words and then you piece the words together to make this abstract, weird poetry. Like, I feel like they just were like, okay, this is all the stuff that we've got. Let's put it into, like, some AI algorithm and have it spit out the modes for us. Um, The yard is, like, this six versus six, basically the closest thing you're going to get to NFL Street. Remember Mm -hmm. that franchise that that existed for a couple years? Um, but it has like all the streets. Yeah, NBA Street. NBA Street. There was a. They N- never did N- NHL Street because that there, didn't there make was any a sense. Soccer one, right? Yeah, yeah. There was one, yeah. I believe. A uh, FIFA Street. FIFA yeah, there Street. Was. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there are certain conditions in the yard, like you. You draft players. I'd like to see them try NHL Street. That would be- <laughs> <laughs> it would be street hockey, basically, with a ball. Just be like, oh, the, the street's iced up. Let's just go play, <laughs> let's go play hockey. Oh, no, car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the yard is the closest thing to NFL Street. It's 6v6. Um, you kind of draft players when you start. Like, play, like they'll give you a selection of, like, six players, and you choose one until you've picked six players. Mm-hmm. It's generally three from offense, three from defense. And then there's, like, special conditions inside the games, like – if you play in Florida where it's really hot, the stamina drains quicker on your players. Um, there was like a, a boss fight. At least they have it labeled as a boss fight with George Kittle, who's a tight end of the 49ers, and he's really good. But if you look in the menus, it says like George Kittle boss fight. And then it's just you play against a team that has George Kittle on their roster. It's mm. not like there's this like gigantic George, which would have been awesome <laughs> if they created like this 10-foot-tall version of George Kittle and you had like three people trying to tackle like this gigantic George Kittle. Like to your point earlier where you're like, there really aren't a lot of options. There are options. Like if you really want to spend the yeah, time. If you, want, if you to wanted to it. make like the JRPG of the NFL. You could do it. You could do that. But you have to dedicate the resources right. to it. Instead, yeah. what Tiburon does with Madden is they, they're like, okay, this is what we've already got. How can we shuffle this up to make it seem unique? So like, the yard, like you have these really obnoxious uniforms, and a big part of it is unlocking new uniform stuff. It, it's kind of like trying to bring like Fortnite or free-to-play cosmetic-driven games into Madden is basically mm. what it is. It's goofy. It's stupid. Some of the players are like giants. And then you have, like <laughs> there was one time I had a player that was probably was like seven and a half feet tall trying to be covered by like a player who was like five feet tall. Like, so there are kind of some of these weird moments in the yard, but again, not enough to sustain it. And at the end of the day, you're still just playing football. That's really the problem is all these modes. At the end of the day, you're still just playing football with like there are they do switch up like the things a little bit like some sometimes the first downs. It's like 25 Oof. yards. Yeah, this is what this, so this that is rough. Yep. So this is the Especially uh, with the rest of the game looking how it looks. This is the face of the franchise. Oh this my is God. the exactly. I mean, I wasn't exaggerating when I said it was god-awful. It is awful, dude. That it looks like some Unity shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why the football looks so good and the yeah. cinematics, like, for the, the story mode looks so terrible. Like, why? One thing got a lot of time and effort. The other, the other was didn't. done like a shoestring budget. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what it really comes down to. But it's bad and not worth playing. Um, and then there's Ultimate Team, as I talked about. Um, didn't receive really many updates this year. One thing that I did notice that's a little different is... Like, if you told me this was done in, like, 2012, I might believe you. Yeah. 
this is also keep in mind this is running on Xbox Series X. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like I'm playing the PS4 version or anything. Like this is as good as it looks, and it does not look very good at all. Um, Ultimate Team did not get a ton of tweaks. One thing I did notice though is like it used to be when you started Ultimate Team, you'd get handed like 20 packs of cards. And you'd have to like sit there and like watch them all unlock and then put your team together. Basically, what it did was it took my favorite team this time, which is the Steelers, and it it threw all of the new Steelers draft picks onto my team and then just filled it out with a bunch of nobodies. And then you start earning packs, so you use that that team to start playing through like the first few missions of it, um, and then you earn packs and then you start adding like really good NFL players to your team. But it, it's fine. Like, I, I didn't like that whole, like, spend... Thir- <laughs> that, was, that was your upgrade there? Right. You, yeah, there you it was. You decided to be better at throwing it with accuracy. And, and then suddenly I get 20, plus 25. something <laughs> between... Exactly. I was kind of foreshadowing a lot of the B-roll, unfortunately. And now you're seeing a lot of the stuff that I was talking about. Um, but Ultimate Team, it, it takes too long to get going. You have to play, like, these stupid... Like, the first mission in Ultimate Team is call a play. <laughs> it's mm. like, Really? You think people playing this don't know how to call a play in Madden at this point? Um, and then the, the 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 simple missions go way too long. Eventually, you get to like where you can start adding big players, and like you can even do that. Like at a certain point, they're like, "Okay, you're in early access. You can unlock either Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady." And I was like, "Well, crap! I definitely want Patrick Mahomes on my ultimate team." So I went into the menus, and you have like until the day it releases, basically, to go through this. 12 missions to unlock Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And I was like, okay, how much does it cost? Which is their whole... Satterfield will not put this stupid outfit on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. So this is the yard, I believe. Yeah. This, this, judging by what you said about the uniforms, I'm guessing that's yeah. what this is. Yeah. So this is B-roll of the yard, which, again, is just all about, like, the costuming and, like... What in the world? I know. It's so bizarre. I don't know. People this, must. This, this isn't a real thing, right? That's... No, 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 no. This is all fabricated by EA. Again, I just think it's like them to trying to appeal to some audience that I don't think exists. Mm. Maybe the story <laughs> mode should take place in this world. That it would be more interesting. more interesting. It would yeah. be absolutely. That's actually not a bad uh, suggestion, Matt. Um. Oh yeah. So I was talking about like how they handle like the packs and and monetization. Um, if you want to unlock stuff for free in Ultimate Team, it's work. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Yeah. Um, if you want to pay for it, just enough work to make you think about buying it. Yeah. They've really got it honed yeah. to a per- to that perfect algorithm of. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of times I was like, you know what? If I really wanted this, I would just pay for it. Yeah. Because the points that you earn in game and what they're asking for a, a pack of cards based upon in earned points is outrageous. Mm-hmm. So I can see why it's their big money maker because the way that they've ma- they've set the prices for all that stuff. I'd rather pay a dollar, Matt, than play through this slog of, like, dumb missions trying to unlock stuff. Life is finite. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, time is money. Let's be honest. I mean, as you get older, you start to look at things that way a lot more. And I am at that point where my time is definitely money. Um, There's another mode called Superstar KO. It's also a mode where you draft players. You draft three defensive players and three offensive players. It also has weird rules like 25-yard first downs. Um, And then there's another mode called Champion Series, which is another six-versus-six mode with backyard rules. Um, Yeah. Um, There are a couple tweaks to the actual gameplay that are worthy and noticeable. 
Um, they've completely changed the momentum system and the physics in the game, and I noticed that almost immediately. The first time I had a collision with someone, I noticed it. I was like, okay, my running back's bigger. He should knock this guy on his ass, and sure enough, he plowed right over him and knocked him on his ass. There aren't any. There's no more of these weird, like, player almost glitches and touches your player, and then your player goes, like, spinning out of control yeah, and falling I've, I've down. I've noticed that the collisions are way cleaner, even, way even cleaner. just looking at the B-roll. And way more realistic. There's mm-hmm. not this weird, like, he barely touched me, yeah. and my player Or, like, was, the things were, like... You sort of they make contact and you sort of see the character models sort of snap into the animation yep. they need to be in. Yeah, it's like okay, you need to do the rolling number four yeah. animation, and you just snap into it. it. It's a lot more realistic for sure, and it really pays dividends in the running game. The running game in this is great, um, so much so that I had played it for a good while, and I was. Uh, getting my first deck of uh, cards for Ultimate Team, where I had to pick, okay, here's six players, pick the one that you want. And there was one really good running back in that pack, Dalvin Cook. And because I had already played the game enough to see that I really enjoyed running with the football, I picked Dalvin Cook as my first player. Like, the running game is so good that it convinced me to spend my first overall pick in my Ultimate Team on a running back instead of a quarterback or a wide receiver. It just feels good. Like, um... It's patience is key in running the ball in this game. Like if you if you center the ball and you hand it to the running back and you just run straight into the line, you're going to get a yard. If you get handed the ball and you sit and you wait for the blocking to set up and you start watching your guys who are pulling from the left come around the right and find the linebacker and seal it off. Like there was one time where I scored a touchdown where I got handed the ball and I was just kind of like – just skipping along for a couple yards, and then I watch my blockers come and engage, and then boom, I just hit the turbo and just shot straight through the hole. It just feels real. Like, that's how real football works. If you've ever played football, the game feels great to play is what I'm getting at. Like, I love running the ball in this, which is the bulk of what you do when you're playing Madden. Um, The stadiums have been completely redone. And they are so accurate now. And I don't know if this is going to be the case with, like, the PS4 or the Xbox One. But on Xbox Series X, the stadiums outside are so accurate that they now do shots outside the stadium. And they've built, like, the areas of the town Hmm. around the stadium, which is something that they've never done. If they ever did that before, it would be, like, this this straight-down, like, blimp view of the stadium or another high view where they don't show much of anything around the stadium. But they've modeled all that stuff now. Another change is called dynamic gameplay, and this is only this is weird. This is as announced by EA only in the next gen versions. And basically, what that means is like depending on the game situation and where you are, if fans start chanting like uh, the Vikings have like their skull chant. So I was playing against the Vikings. I was trying to kick a field goal. They started doing the skull chant, and, like, my kicking meter started going crazy. Like, um, Mm. the target started going left and right. And when I finally decided to kick, the meter went up really quickly. Um, Players, So so it was actually a disadvantage for you. Because I was the visitor. visitor, I was a visiting player, player. yeah. And so it was harder to kick the Hmm. field goal with the chant going. I noticed in other... In other situations, like my players, if I was playing at home and the, like if they did the Here We Go Steelers song, which they do 20 times a game at Steelers games, when that started happening, I noticed that my running back, Najee Harris, started, he got like this weird like glow around like on the ground underneath mm-hmm. him and he just took off like a jet. So there's like these weird things where the fans and the fan interaction actually affects how the players play 
on the field. But again, that's next-gen only. I don't know mm. why that is, but that's straight from EA, that it's only in the PS5 and Xbox Series versions. Um, another thing. So because of the way that they changed the physics in tackling and running and momentum, it has changed how people play online. So it used to be people chose the teams that they were going to play based upon typically the quarterback, if the quarterback could run or not, and whether the team had a fast inside linebacker. And then they would just play as that inside linebacker all game long. That's changed because of the momentum now. Those fast inside linebackers, they're fast, but they're also – not as big and not as strong and as heavy. In reality, when those guys come up to stop the run, they get blown off the ball. And so they're a liability in rundowns. In Madden, it was never that way. These skinny little linebackers who could run really fast could come up and tackle just as well as the bigger linebackers. That is not the case anymore. So you're not going to see like everybody playing with the same teams anymore because this one team has this linebacker that's rated at like an 85 speed or whatever. Um, and so hopefully that will change things a little bit so that when you're playing online, and I noticed it already, like the, pe- the people I've been playing against have been playing defensive line, they've been playing cornerback, they've been playing safety, instead of just being that middle linebacker like everyone has been for the last several years in Madden. Um, and then the final thing I would say about the gameplay, one thing that I don't like about it is that the, there's a stamina meter in the game, Matt. Mm. <laughs> and you know how much I love that. And look, it does make sense in football, and it has been in football games for a long time. But the stamina meter in this game is needs to be tweaked, like, big time. Like, I rushed, like, three times with T.J. Watt, and he was exhausted. Hmm. Like, it's just shit. They, the players get tired way too quickly, and they take way too long to be ready to return to the game. So I blitzed with him, like, three times. He was out. He left the game. He didn't come back in until the, the series was over. Hmm. So they need to do some tweaking on that. They're making the players get tired way too quickly. Um, but otherwise... You know, I'm having a really good time with it. If you haven't bought Madden for a while, I think this is a worthy one to purchase. I will say this too. The transition from one generation to the next has been way more seamless this time compared to prior years where that first year it would just be this totally like chopped down version. And they jumped that hurdle last year. And now they're to the point where just in the second year on these new consoles, it's already pushing the boundaries of what any Madden game has ever had before. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um... Again, if you are a Game Pass subscriber, you can get this right now because EA Play is all a part of Game Pass now. And so you're getting like EA's games day and date too, which is pretty freaking awesome. Um, And you can play it now and everything's available. All the online stuff is there. It's all hooked up. It's all working. I played five or 10 online games already. Um, All the modes are there. Now, there are some of the tweaks that I mentioned earlier that are coming to franchise that are going to be DLC later. I do not trust that that's actually going to happen so I wouldn't hang my hat on the idea that all these other advancements to franchise mode are going to make it. Um, but the ones that are there already are pretty significant. Um, if you've been playing franchise for a long time, I still think people who are salty over franchise being neglected for the last like six years are probably still going to be salty because there aren't that many drastic changes to it. Uh, but at least they're trying to do something with it and stuff that's meaningful and not just cosmetic. So there you go. That's Madden NFL 22. It's available for pretty much everything but Switch at this point. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see another Madden on Switch. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, did we ever get a Madden on Switch at all? I don't know. I don't even know if that first year. Of the two of us, you're the only one who would know that. Who would know that. Yeah, I don't believe so. Someone in chat will probably fill me in. But that's Madden 22. It's not out yet. 
Um, it's going to be out, I think it's the 19th, so like, or maybe Friday. It's coming out soon. Uh, but again, if you have Game Pass, you don't have to pay for it. You can just play it for free. Um, at the very least, maybe get yourself a a test run of Game Pass for free to play Madden for a few days if you want to, to figure out if you want to buy it or not. Um, that's the beauty of Game Pass. You can find deals anywhere where you can get it for like three months for a dollar or whatever. And truth be told, if you did get a three-month trial of Game Pass, that's probably all you're going to play Madden anyway. By that time, it gets you to the end of the NFL season and all the big games will be coming out for Q4, Q4 at that point. So um, it'll be interesting to see how all this stuff works. Like if EA is going to be happy with whatever it's getting paid by Microsoft for so many people to not buy Madden this year because they're getting it for free on Game Pass. Because uh, Madden has actually kind of had a sales resurgence over the last couple of years. Like there was that period during last gen where it was not selling well at all. No. Like it was selling like 3 million or whatever. It has gone to this place now where it's starting to push up towards like the 8, 9, 10 million in sales every year. So it'll be interesting to see how EA ultimately looks at that and is like, does this deal make sense for us if, you know, we lose all the Xbox sales? Because they're going to. They're basically going to lose all sales on Xbox on mm-hmm. Madden for this year. Yep. How do you think EA is going to react to that? I mean, I, I would have to assume that Microsoft is paying them more than a they would have A lot of money, you would think. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but who cares? Enjoy it while it lasts. And yeah. uh, you can get Madden for free this year if you're an Xbox owner and you have Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, is that the whole... Really, it's not just a 10-hour trial? Like, the game is going to be yeah. Game Pass? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. All right. Yep. So we'll see how EA deals with that. It's maybe a one-and-done type thing. Hmm. Just if you think about it, too, playing it for... The trial, that's still a huge deal. I mean, yeah, it's more than enough for me. Yeah, I mean, most people will probably play that trial and be like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I have been enjoying playing it, though, um, and I will continue to play it when it's all said and done, when uh, the final release is here, um, at least for the first month of the NFL season until the shine wears off, <laughs> until one of my fantasy teams goes into the toilet and I hate football after the first like month or whatever. But anyway, there you go. That's Madden NFL 22. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about indie games. Over the last week, there were two huge indie game events, one by Nintendo and one by Microsoft. And truth be told, there were probably a grand total of like 30 games between the two events. Like it was an indie smorgasbord for both of those platforms for both Switch and Xbox consoles. Um... Obviously, Microsoft has the ID at Xbox. Nintendo has its Nindies mm-hmm. imprint that it uses to promote all its indie games. I went through all of these games that were shown at both of these events, and I found one, two, three, four, five that I thought were worth talking about. Um, it was kind of like... Five licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. <laughs> exactly. It was kind of like... Um, Recently, when when Microsoft was like, oh, we've got 30 ID at Xbox games queued up and ready to go. And I went and looked at the list, and there was one that like actually seemed interesting. It was kind of the same deal with this, but I will say this. There were a few games that I thought were really cool. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is a game called Bomb Rush Cyber Funk, which I think is maybe the best name for a video game ever. It is a lot like Jet Set Radio. Um, except instead of inline skating, it's skateboarding, but it still has the cel-shaded graphics. 
it still has the graffiti element to it that you got in Jet Set. Oh, and there's inline skating too, apparently. So it really is just Jet Set Radio. Yeah, it really <laughs> looks like. If you call that Jet Set Radio 3, I would believe you. I would believe you, yeah. I mean, it looks good enough, too, that I'd be like, yep, that's Sega's game. Yeah, as long as it has uh, comparable music. Right, which... Probably not. Well, the song, I'll say this, the song in this trailer wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but I also don't think it was licensed. I think it was just yeah. like the developers made it or whatever. I mean, most of the songs in Jet Set are not licensed. They are made. By, they were made by Wavemaster, yeah. they're in the Sega's in-house music team. Yep. Um, very hard, very hard to replicate that. Yep, but if you have missed Jet Set Radio across the years, and I don't think Sega will ever make another one, do you, Matt? I don't think so. I would love to see them finally bring future to backwards compatibility, mm-hmm. but, like, no, I don't. I mean, you, you can get Jet Set Radio on Xbox now. Like, they, that's backwards. The, the digital version from the 360 is backwards compatible. But, no, I don't expect to ever see a new one. Sadly. I don't either. And so if you miss that stuff and you're looking for a facsimile or the closest facsimile, I can't think of another one yeah, that more closely resembles definitely it. Definitely looks uh, about as close as we're going to get. Yep. Um, and then the next game I wanted to talk about is called Far Changing Tides. This is actually the sequel to, let me see if I can remember the subtitle, Far, uh, I lost it. That's a weird subtitle. No, Far is the name <laughs> of the game. And, <laughs> and then the, the <laughs> subtitle is different for the, the one that was before this. This is a sequel to it. It is a – it's kind of just like an exploration game. Um, Lone Sales. That was the name of the first game, mm-hmm. Far Lone Sales. And this is Far Changing Tides. Um, it's developed by Okamotive and published by Frontier. It's basically just a sailing journey through an apocalyptic world, which is kind of the same premise that the last game was. But this was one of the games in both of the presentations that looked like it had a lot of resources put towards it um, and looked like it had a decent budget um, and looks interesting. The other one is atmospheric adventure games um, where probably somebody dies that tries to make you cry, as Matt likes to allude to. I mean, I think a lot of people have died, judging by uh, this world. Yeah. So. I like it looks I like the underwater stuff. It looks suitably creepy. Yep. Skeletons of ancient ships. Yep. Um and those were two games that were in the Nintendo Nindies presentation. The last three games come from the ID at Xbox. Um and I'll be honest, the far more interesting games as well. First one we're gonna talk about is Lightyear Frontier. It's an open-world farming exploration game with crafting, resource management, and base building. Uh, you can play with up to four players in online co-op. Um, you can discover and grow alien plants, domesticate alien wildlife, endure the elements to build your new home away from home. It is basically just a life farm management sim set in space for the with most part. Max. What'd you say? With Max. With Max, yeah. Which they- is really what Stardew Valley is missing. Max. Max. <laughs> Um, but this game looked interesting to me, uh, again, out of dozens and dozens that were shown across the two events. The next one, though, Harvest I think... Mech. Yeah. The next one, though, I think is the most interesting of them all. It is called The Wandering Village. This is a... I don't even know how to explain it, really. It is it is like a settlement game and a world-building game, but it takes place on the back of a gigantic creature that is always moving. Um, so you're the it's a survival game set on the back of this gigantic creature <clears throat> in a world where mysterious toxic mm. spores are contaminating the planet. 
A group of people seeks a shelter on the back of a giant wandering creature. It's like Shadow of the Colossus, but like the You live there. Yeah. (laughs) It's your house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You become their leader. You build their settlement and form a symbiotic relationship with the creature to survive together, which is kind of cool. So I don't know if like the settlements that you're building on the creature will also become kind of defenses for the creature. Yeah, probably. Or it will affect how the creature behaves somehow. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, your success is dependent not just upon your settlement, but how the settlement impacts the massive creature That's that you're fun. building it, the settlement on. It has sort of an act razor look to it that I, <clears throat> that I like. It's a very creative idea. And again, it'll be another one of those things where the creature dies or the could die. Huh. And this tension will hang over your head like the entire time. Because if the creature dies, yeah, you die. Um, it's a very... Unique and interesting concept. And again, to me, and there you see the dead one from before. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, but to me, the most creative looking game of all the ones that were shown across both Nintendo and Microsoft's event. And then the final game I want to show is called Aeon Drive, not to be confused with Ion Flux. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this game takes place in Neo Barcelona. Um, it's an action platformer with speed running kind of built into the game itself. Um, you can play it by yourself or up to four friends. You sprint and dash through the areas of the game. Uh, use your time and space betting abilities to get ahead. It's coming to Xbox Series and Xbox One this fall. No word on a PC version yet. Um, I'm surprised there aren't more games that are custom built for speedrunners, mm-hmm. particularly indie games where you have like a a low ceiling as far as like risk and investment. You're starting to see it more that it's not, it's, it's, not, standard, it hasn't become it's not standard like, equipment yet. Yeah. It know. hasn't become like a thing yet. Like games like this are still notable for it. Whereas I think in a few years that may not actually be the case. Um, but yeah, these were kind of the big indie games that I pulled out of those presentations. What, what does this tell you about kind of the current crop of indie development, Matt, if anything? Um, it's hard to stand out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what about they're starting to run out of unique ideas? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe like, that's the same thing as it's hard to stand out. Somewhat. I mean, I don't know. I, I yeah. We we've we've been over that. I don't think unique ideas are as important as quality execution. Yeah. That's um, true. You said that many times. I uh, I don't know what I think about this one. This one looks like it would just annoy me. Yeah. Um. It looks good, but it, like maybe not my thing. Definitely, I would say the the wandering village was the most interesting of the five. Yeah. I, it. It's, it's a really cool game, but it's also a little disappointing that out of, like, 30-some games, mm-hmm. that was kind of the most creative one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Vincent's saying the what you take from it is that we don't like indies, which is completely false. Yeah, that's me, completely but, false. But uh, <laughs> you can't play them all, and... Uh, so some of, so a lot of the stuff they show and show off on these things in terms of indies are not interesting to me. Yeah. But a lot of the indies I like the best I discover on my own. Yeah. Or, I'm curious if, like, Vincent thinks that, like, we overlooked some of the games that we shouldn't have. Maybe. And, like, we haven't included them in this discussion. I don't know. Um, we that's definitely... true. That's true. Game Manual does play them all. but Yeah. He does. Yeah. But I don't know what that has to do with us. Because <laughs> well, I, I said that we you said you can't play them all. Oh, but he does play them all. He does play them all. That's kind of his mission. Yeah, um, you overlook a lot. Okay, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not our fault. Fo- we we tend to focus on the mainstream stuff. 
I mean, true. I, I mean, for is he talking about game face overall in general? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, we definitely because that's what most people care about. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, if we did a whole show that was just nothing about us talking about indie games, no one mm-hmm. would show up. Like we are about to talk about an indie game. We are, and we the do. Shadow we, dropped during the yeah, and but we do talk about the big indie games, at least relatively speaking, the big indie games. We don't just blow them off. But I looked through those two events pretty thoroughly. And these were really like the five games that caught my eye. Everything else was just like some derivative of something else or a genre that's been done a billion times over. I really don't think that our lack of coverage or our lack of spotting. Yeah, don't get too excited this. about it, Vincent. You wait, wait and see. <laughs> what about what Axiom Verge Two? Yeah, we are. Yeah, but <laughs> In I'm, I fact, like, we're going to talk about it next. But the 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 response to that makes me think like, oh, good, they're finally talking about this great game they overlooked. <laughs> we'll see about that. In fact, that's a perfect transition to just move right on mm. to talk about Axiom Verge 2. I have not played this game. At Rob's all. mentioning uh Ollie Ollie World. Yeah, we've kind of covered that already. Um and that so that wasn't new. Like the, I should clarify. Did we? Like what what remind me what that it is. It was mentioned in like a show that we did where we were kind of doing the same thing rounding mm-hmm. up stuff so it was had been announced already it wasn't like one of the games that had been announced which is to be fair and maybe i should have said this before we started the topic i picked games that were just announced for the first time that weren't known quantities and those were the best games that i came out came up with on mm-hmm. the list um so there were some other stuff but it was either a new trailer for a game that we already knew about or like the third trailer for a game we already knew about or here's another farming sim that doesn't do anything new and mm-hmm. in all honesty, like most of the Nindy stuff kind of fell into those categories. It was either like, for instance, Axiom Verge 2 was a big part of Nintendo's Nindy's thing. And it dropped that day. And so that's probably why Vincent was like, oh, you're slagging it, but blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that's what most of Nintendo stuff was. It was stuff that we already knew about with the exception of the two games that I mentioned. Um, and so we're not going to cover indie stuff we've already talked about again just because they got a new trailer in some random event that happened. So anyway, on to Axiom Verge 2. Full disclosure, I have not played it at all. Um, Matt has played it. Mm-hmm. And Matt... Um, I, as soon as I saw... I did not watch the Nintendo or the Xbox things live, but when I saw that Axiom Verge 2 was suddenly coming out that day, I decided to go get it. Now, we should mention, both of us played the first Axiom I Verge. did. I liked the, the first it was one great. a lot. I really liked it. Um, but it seems yes, that 12 minutes, 12 minutes did come out this week, but I haven't gotten to that. 12 yet. minutes isn't out yet. It it's comes out week, the 19th. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, that is on, that is definitely on my list. And we will talk about that on next week's show. Like we don't just hate indie games. We just pick and choose which ones we talk about. The ones that other people care about. That's generally how the show works. Let's talk about Axiom Verge too. Um, I really enjoyed the first one. It is mm-hmm. a, a Metroidvania. And so is this one. This is also a Metroidvania. Yeah. Um, the first one, I would argue, was pretty focused on combat. Very I mean, much so. You had yeah. guns, um, which made it feel a lot like a Metroid game to me. Oh, yeah. It felt like a... The def- first one definitely felt like a direct homage to Super Metroid. It felt more like Metroid than Castlevania. Yeah. Um, what I've seen of this one, and I did watch someone play it for quite a while, this one seems more to be in the vein of the Castlevania than the Metroid. Um, that be fair? Yeah, I think somewhat. There's there's more exploration to this, yeah. And more, um, which is part of its problem, um, because uh, I'm, I'm I don't how much have I played of it? I, I played like an hour and a half of this the day it came out, and then I turned it off because I didn't like it. 
Uh, and then when you asked me what I'd played this weekend or this week uh, for the show, I mentioned that I'd played enough of Axiom Verge 2 to know that I don't like Axiom Verge 2 very much. Yeah, and then it, I then I decided to play it some more yesterday in case you decided to put it in the show anyway, which I, you did. <laughs> because um, you told me that, and I was like, I was putting the rundown together. I had been putting the rundown together for two days at that point, mm-hmm. just scraping for stuff to get into the show. And he's like, I played Axiom Verge just long enough to know I don't want to play it anymore. And I was like, <laughs> no, I need you to play more. So this morning I uh, I texted him and I was like, I had to put it in the show. And he's like, well, I played more. And I was like, okay, yeah. thank God. Um, so I played some, I'm probably like three three hours, three between three and four hours in. Um, and that's about as far as I'm going to get. I okay. Think. It's I I did not expect to bounce off this game the way I have. Like I because we both like the original. yeah I like the I like this general type of game a lot. I yeah. there's a, there's some confusion, Matt. Is this a prequel or a sequel or is it just kind of like in know. the same universe? It seems to just be made by the same people. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I assume, there's some interdimensional stuff happening here where you get zapped into an alternate dimension or alternate universe or something. How does um, that work? Can you do that at will? No, or the you just, game control. No, the, the the premise of the game is you activate a thing and you get pulled into a portal thing and suddenly you're trapped in a, another universe and you have to find the. There's other people there that were at this research facility and like they're trying to build a portal to come back, but they haven't been able to because there's a bunch of stuff going on. And of course, you're the only one who can solve those problems basically because you were the video game protagonist. Um, and there is more like that's the is it, you think it's an elevator is that and then suddenly everything goes pixely and you wait you pop up in a different world okay that looks strikingly like the world you just left but just you but it's not like re- it's more than just reskinned right it's not even reskinned it's a different location but right. it's all like this it looks the same you know there's, there's places oh, it does that, yeah you go outside and it's still snowy and it's yeah that's what it looks like uh, that's, okay. that's the different universe it's just another earth-like location and um then the official line on the story that i've read from the developer their synopsis was a billionaire CEO is summoned to Antarctica yeah, that's to her. find her daughter. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's her. Okay. That's what you're doing. And then you get you activate the you go in the elevator thing, and you, it turns out to be a portal to another dimension. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then she's like, "Well, I got to go figure this out." And then you get like, um, like you see here, like she she very quickly runs into these um, uh, the thing that's talking to her. It turns out to be like a nano, nano some kind of nano machine spirit, like that claims to be some kind of god sort of thing. And you pick up a bunch of those, and each one those are your basic your your upgrades. They give you like your superpowers essentially. Okay. And very early on, they're basically like, oh yeah, um, by the way, you're not human anymore, and you don't need to breathe. So if you need to go underwater, you can just go do that, and Nick, you're fine. Uh, and like so something's happening to you that is like supernatural you're becoming transhuman in some way okay these things are you know and they all have different personalities like and they and their personalities kind of relate to how they work and like like you run into one that's just a little boy and uh you're like what the hell is that that?" but the little boy can uh you can split him off as like a little like like walker drone thing and it can go in like small passages and it can also go through these rifts that take you to these Another alternate kind of yeah, mirror, the, I thought the mirror drones thing. were the what you controlled in the alternate reality or whatever. No, that's the alternate reality of the alternate reality you're in. Like, <laughs> and the and the so drone meta. the drone stuff in the other through the rifts it feels a lot like Metroid. Like that that stuff like down to the you know the pipeline hallways you go through that then scroll the screen up one screen uh-huh. and then drop you in like, like that is very 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 Metroid. Okay. Um. The trouble, the trouble I have with this is that a the combat sucks. Um, 
you can upgrade it uh, and kind of like, um, like here's where you see like she she basically ends up getting pushed underwater here, and it turns out that oh like she she responds at the save point you were just at, and she's like what the hell, and it's like oh yeah we reconstituted two did you from like nano machine stuff or whatever, and she's like how is that because you're not really you anymore and let's just not think about that too much kind of thing. It's like <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting and. Um, like the prem- the narrative premise is interesting. The the functional thing, and you have a little c- the c- the compass, which you know kind of lights up in the direction you need to go. Um, but I have found, in terms of having I having played a lot of games like this, I find a lot of the way you're supposed to go kind of unintuitive. I've spent a lot of time not understanding where I'm supposed to go next. Like I finally got to the place I wanted to get to, and I fought the thing that I had to fight there, and I found the upgrade that I needed for that, and then I'm like. Well, wait. Now what? Like now is a dead end. What do I need to go back and do? And I go back and so like, there's no map. There, there is a map, but it doesn't like mark out where you need to go. So next. it doesn't you show to... you like, hey, here's this door. No, it's, it's like old school. It's old school like Castlevania, Symphony of the Night stuff or whatever. So it'll have like a mark that'll say this door hasn't been unlocked yet. Uh, there are like markers for stuff like that, but like this like doesn't have a lot of closed doors. And like you know, even early on, you get the you get you get abilities pretty fast at the beginning of this game. Like mm-hmm. you start just having a snow sh- like a snow pick. Like a, like a pickaxe mm-hmm. and a boomerang that you find for some reason. Yeah, because there's no and gun, right? It's no. Just, all you get is the boomerang. Yeah, you just get a boomerang and, a, and various ac- ice axes, What was the gun called in the first one? Like the Disruptor or something? I can't remember. It was a huge yeah. part of the game. Yeah, it was. It was. this is a very different game. Uh, the Like even the fact that I think she's sort of colored like Alucard in terms of the white and the white yep. hair. And the, all that, I think that's probably intentional. Um, but like... The problem I have is because and like going around exploring stuff and figuring out where I need to go next, like that's part of these games, right? Yep. But one of the reasons it's not a problem in a lot of games like this, um, which is you know like like a Castlevania or a Metroid, is that normally I enjoy the movement and the combat. I don't in this. Like I think the combat in this game is terrible. Like I and maybe it's better as you upgrade her because you do get upgrades that like let you add skill points to like this combat speed and damage and da 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 da. But like. Early on, like I hate having to run back and fight these things. Like it's annoying, and they're they, like they're fast, and it's hard to get your life back in a timely manner. And like, is the game hard? It's not super hard by the standards of these games, but it's just more like, like I get bored and I I make mistakes and I and it, that's just what happens. I get hit, hit a lot, and like you know, you just respawn at the at the save point and try it again. It's fine, you know. It's, it's not like you're. It's not like Dark Souls. You're not losing progress or anything. Okay, but like I get. I get tired of it pretty fast. Um, and then, like, the stuff you find and the upgrades oh, you those find. those things are like the Medusa heads right there. Yeah, and the X. And the X <laughs> I will say I really like the enemy designs, like, the enemy, especially the big ones. Like, you fight some bosses and fight some larger things that are really. Are there bosses? I read somewhere oh, yeah. that there are no boss fights in this. I mean, I had a boss fight. I mean, it's not oh, like really? an official boss fight, but I fought an enemy the si- half the size of the screen okay. at one point. That's like a boss. It, it yeah. counts to me. Um it didn't like specifically ungate anything for me, but I, ha- you know, and I, I actually ran past it the first time. Did it have like a big health bar and everything? It didn't have a health bar, but I had to hit it like a bunch of times. Interesting. Um, but I'll tell you what I actually did is instead of like using the awkward uh, melee combat and the, and the boomerang and stuff, I ran past it and then I unlocked the drone and I came back and I threw the drone out. The drone is way harder for them to hit oh. and uses a separate life bar from the main character. Um, and I just had the drone jump around. It has like the saw blade that you can use. It's sort of almost like a whack to whack things with it. And I just like ran around with a saw blade and like I like buzz sawed the thing to death. Like huh. it was, 
really, really easy. <laughs> like it was, I'm like, I don't know if this is how I'm supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it. It you works, know? yeah. Um, That's cool, though. It was fun, yeah. So, so it's it's a little open ended in that regard, I guess. Um, and it's you know it's it's nice like it's nicely not handholdy in terms of what you can do with your abilities once they show you how to do it. Like you get a hacking ability where you just hold the right trigger and it expands out. And the ostensible thing to use it for is to activate ancient machinery. So early on, like when you first get it, it's to use to like activate moving platforms to move you to places you couldn't get otherwise. Mm -hmm. But you can all, especially once you upgrade it, you can also use it to hack enemies. Mm. And then you can use it to hack enemies differently because that's what it uses energy. So you can spend a certain amount of energy to make an enemy slow down. You can spend more energy to, you know, basically block their weapons or to make them come to your side or to, you know, you can do, so you can get kind of go through the scrolling list of all these effects you can have on different things. And that's interesting. Um, the biggest problem is not. Yeah, it doesn't that, sound too bad. No, the biggest problem is not that like the concepts are bad. The problem that I have with it is I just when I have to run back around and do all the backtracking and figure out where I go, I don't enjoy the moment to moment gameplay. So the enemies respawn when you leave. They don't an respawn area? aggressively, but they do respawn. Okay. Um, and it's just you know it's one of those things where it's like you figure yeah you figure out kind of how to deal with them and that but it's like not satisfying you know like there's something satisfying about hitting that giant wolf every time or taking out the zombies in a Castlevania game or like taking out the the little bat things that fall from the ceiling in a Metroid game kind of mm-hmm. like that, that's you know, something I enjoy about that that I, so I don't mind having to run through that room a few times um, this one like the little scorpion things or whatever I just find them irritating and they, they jump they're very aggressive and they jump around and it's like it's not like so it's not like super easy you can run past them if you want there more easily enough but like it's just but then I'm just sort of skipping the game and I, I so you haven't found the combat very fun or engaging not really it's really the root of it not really. I just it's. I'd rather avoid it as much as I can, and I don't. I don't usually do that in these games, and I find it kind mm-hmm. of disheartening. Um, what about I, the exploration part of it? Have you? Have I don't you had find any the ex- moments of all where you're like, oh no, wow, not no. not beyond finding that giant enemy. I thought that was pretty cool, and like the story behind kind of what the upgrades are, and the fact that they're like sort of like machine gods infecting you, or kind is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But a lot, also like a lot of it, it just looks like this. It's just gray and black and white and like there's, there's it doesn't nothing, look as I don't there's think no it looks visual as good pop as the last to it one. at all. No, yeah. I don't think so at all. I, there's no visual pop to it at all. I haven't felt rewarded for exploration in terms of what I've seen or where I've gone. I just feel like I'm being rewarded by like, well, at least you get to move forward now. Yeah, I thought the art in the last game was stunning. Oh yeah, it was. It was, it was visual. The first game is visually unlike anything else at its time for sure. But this, I mean, obviously it's got re- reminiscence of of, uh, of Super Metroid yeah, in places, yeah. but. But it's its own thing. But for its sure. color palette and everything about it was like yeah. This I, is I mean I'm sure it changes eventually. But I've everything you know I went through an underwater section that was a little, was a little different. And like you get the ability to sort of jump a little higher and it changes up the physics a little bit. But like it's I don't know. It's just it's just I'm just kind of bored. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I mean I'm watching this B-roll. It's not getting me excited to play it. I'll no. put it to you that way. <laughs> Um, and every time you f- you're basically looking for these terminals early on, and every time it's just like, okay, da da da, go to the next thing. I'm just like, okay, like you're not giving me anything. You're not giving me anything visual. You're not giving me, you give me new abilities, but the new abilities are mostly to get through the new obstacles that I ran into and I didn't understand what to do with. And now, okay, now I can open that door. Cool. Open that door. Oh, it's a shortcut back to where I was before. So what? You know, it's like, I it, never. If somebody had just showed this to me, I never would have guessed it was Axiom Verge. No, neither would I. It's, like uh, never. It, I never would have would look at no. it and be like, oh yeah, I know exactly what that is. And I mean, look to be fair, like also like 
this thing is really loud. Like I can't, I don't know. I'm playing on PS5 and when I turn this game on, it's 10 times louder than the rest of the PlayStation 5. Weird. I had to turn, so, and I had to turn like, wait, and like, like the, the hits and thing. I turned the sound effects way down because they were much louder than the music. And then like I had to turn my actual system volume way down. And then when I quit the game out, I couldn't hear the PlayStation menu sound effects anymore. Wow. That's how low I had to turn, had to it, turn down it down to, to, to make, make the this game sound tolerable. like a normal volume. I don't like I'm not I'm not saying I'm lowering the score for that or anything. Right, right. But I thought that was bizarre. That like is I, odd. It's like yeah. it's way, way louder than everything else I've ever played on that system. And I don't know why there would be that kind of disparity between the system sound level yeah, and the game sound level. Yeah. But it is. It's I mean there. it's how they mixed it, obviously. It's and also like I, I don't like the sound. Like the sound is very harsh and staticky in places. When it, like the hits don't sound, the hits are not like you know like a lot of games have like hit when you hit things or hit enemies or hit boxes or whatever. It's got a nice sort of like crunch sound or a little satisfying it's got a little like bit of sub to it. Yeah, this, I hate yeah. all the impact sound effects and it's just huh. it just goes right up my spine somehow because there's like a weird static. And maybe they're trying to do that. Maybe it's supposed to be like oh, it's you're supposed to be in a weird world and it's not supposed to be nice or fun or comforting or whatever. But all I know is I hate I I avoid smashing those crates because i hate the sound they make wow and i don't have that i don't do that i don't i don't have misophonia or anything like that it's just like i just don't like the sound design in this game interesting huh how much was this matt uh i want to say it's 20 20 bucks i think it's 20 any clue how long it is obviously you've only played a few hours um i don't know i mean i'd guess it's pretty it's a decent line i guess it's like good old you know, Metroidvania length. Yeah, like I mean, 10, the last hours. one was for sure. It was, I think, yeah. it was eight or nine hours, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, it's I been a while right. since I played it. This feels like it's, you know, just in terms of how they're approaching this, I would feel this, this is probably bigger. Yep. Um, just sort of how they work. And this game is not available for Xbox yet. No, it's just PlayStation and, uh, and Switch. Switch. And the PC, too, right? Uh, probably PC, yeah. Yeah. It's odd I that Xbox, for whatever reason, was left out of the initial. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that is interesting. I'm sure it's coming eventually, but as of right um, now, you can't get it on Xbox. Main story, about eight and a half hours. Oh, exactly uh, what you said. <laughs> completionist, 14 and a half hours. Yeah, so if you get everything. So that's about, about on par with yeah. these games. 20 bucks. I mean, if you like it, that's a pretty fair deal, I think. Um, I wish I had played it so I could maybe offer a, a different opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did watch a lot of it being played, and it just seemed very bland. Yeah, I mean, I, it just didn't feel like it had any kind of a spark to it. No, and like some of the reviews said, it like starts slow and picks up later. But I'm like, this is real slow. Like I'm not, I'm not uh, the sl- slow start. There's a one thing if you want to like start slow and ramp up in like the early tutorial stuff. But I feel like I'm past that and I'm still bored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't have the patience to do the Final Fantasy X thing where like 40 hours in it gets real good when you get the right. Grand Pulse. Like that means yeah. that you, if, if the that's first poor design. if the first 30 to 40 hours of your game are boring, you made a bad boring game. Yeah, it's like that's, poor design. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, yep. um, I'm kind of I'm you know not that it was overpriced or badly priced, but I I'm kind of sorry I bought this. Okay. In the end, like I just feel like it, I bounced right off it. That may not be the case for everybody. Certainly, the reviews are more positive than I am on this, but I just I. Especially yeah, after I saw what, some of the reviews is getting like eight point yeah. seven. Especially like from, after what was you know, and this might be an expectation thing, but especially after what was in my head when you say that the title Axiom Verge Two, yeah, yeah. this is not. And I know we go on about like, oh, you can't just repeat yourself and do the same thing over and over again. Well, sometimes 
Well, it needs to be the if same it ain't broke, game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, otherwise you, you don't call it Axiom right, Verge Right, you could have put this out under a different name, not it, Axiom Verge 2, and it would have been maybe It a feels different. a little cheap that way. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, assume like I assume this is going to connect up later to... Somehow. it's a prequel, I guess. That's what Vincent said, so I assume it's going to connect up somehow and, and make more sense in that regard. But, like, it starts real gray and dull yeah. Yeah, visually. And I like, think anyone who watched the B-roll would agree with you. It's, yeah, I, and that's, that's what I mean. It's like... At one point, you get out of kind of the, the the white, gray, black snow area, and you get into a dull brown area. It doesn't have snow on it. It's like okay, it, mm, like, yeah. Well, it also takes place in Antarctica, which is not yeah. a setting that would provide for a and variety once, of. Well, and then once you once you go to the new dimension, you're in Ant Antarctica. I, I don't know. You know <laughs> That's funny. Am I supposed to find the fact that there's brown dirt and like actual small bushes amazing because it's in Antarctica and we don't they don't have those in our Antarctica? Right. Is that yeah. the? I don't know. Like I don't. It's it's maddeningly vague and sort of and like there's things where it's like okay I guess I got to backtrack all the way down but I don't because I opened that shortcut I guess but now where do you want me to go? And oh that this thing the the compass is lit up over here I can't get over there yet do I need to go around here I guess I'll check the map I'll go over here. and I just get there and it's like oh and sometimes you'll find all the way around I finally got that thing I'll get the power to open that finally I can get in that room I get in that room and it's like okay it's a shortcut back to the room I was already in except I picked up like a one point upgrade thing right and that was it and now yep. and it's that thing where it's like okay I got an upgrade but I still didn't get where I the next place I need to go which is what I would prefer preferred to do. And now I got to start over and figure out where it wants me to go there because the compass doesn't know, it doesn't light up, you know, constantly just lights up when you're near the area you need to it's get a vet, to. It's a Metroidvania with very little direction. Yeah, and some people are going to probably love that. Like, yeah, you know, people, some people a lot of like people don't that, like to be it guided like and, that. Yeah, but I, I have I'm not one of them, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I like a balance of it, but like a couple times in this, I've just looked up a walkthrough video to figure out where the next place I need to go is because I don't have the patience to sit through this game's bullshit. Basically. I'm surprised like, that there's already walkthroughs of. This. Oh, it's already yeah. There's already a full walkthrough. I saw that's uh, wow. like eight hours long. I guess. Huh. Interesting. Uh, so you do not recommend it. I I don't know. I, Even if you liked the first act, I really liked actually the first act yeah. Verge. This is this did not do it for me at all. And okay. maybe I just didn't give it enough time. But I feel like I gave it a few hours. I feel like that's that, enough. I mean, you played almost half of the game. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if it's an eight-hour game. I'm a third. There. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was going pretty slow because I got lost a lot, so I'd say it's probably more like a third of the game. Yeah, I wonder too if that finish time is if people is if everyone knows if the player knows exactly where they're going yeah, and know. they're not like looking for stuff. I mean, the walkthrough was about the walkthrough video was like seven hours and something, and I assume the guy playing that or the girl whoever probably played whoever it was playing once. that. I assume you played at least once to know what you're doing, right? So yeah. It felt like that felt like the length for someone that knows what they're doing enough to make a video out of it. So. Yeah. Okay. So that's Axiom Verge two twenty bucks available for pretty much everything but Xbox, which we hardly ever say anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, usually we're like, and it's and free like on other, Game Pass. There's other versions, <laughs> like I guess like this, like PlayStation Five full version coming later or whatever, or yeah. upgrade coming. I don't know. Yep. Um, so anyway, Matt. I don't says even know what that pass. would be. Like, yeah. like, what's the difference? I mean, my um, big disappointment is that it doesn't really look like Axiom Verge too. It looks yeah. like the developer, and it is just like one dude. Like, I'm sure he has people helping him now, but still, like, it's his name that's on the game. That's mm-hmm. the studio that works on these games. Um, it feels like he created a game that didn't really make sense for Axiom Verge, but he's just like, but. There's no way I'm not putting the Axiom Verge name on this yeah. game. I mean, I think I think I didn't think of it until you said it, but like, yeah, the Axiom Verge one is Super Metroid, and this one is Castlevania is a pretty good way to compare them. And if you're expecting one from the other, you might be surprised at the yeah. very least that that's what you get. Um, 
And I, I really, you know, I do love the Castlevania formula, and but I you just, do. I do not like how the melee. I, I use the the boomerang and the drone constantly because I do not want to fight with the ice. With the hack and slash, it's just not fun to me. It's too slow. Even when I've upgraded the speed, like I just don't. It it it's, it's too slow doesn't and it doesn't good. do enough damage. And okay. Even when I put upgrades into it, I feel like I'm still underpowered compared to being able to just hit things at range or use the drone. Because the drone has a, a very powerful melee attack with a buzzsaw thing. And if the drone gets destroyed, I just got to back off and wait for the thing to refill and then throw it out again. You know, it, yeah. It feels like you don't even want me to play the game with my character, almost. Interesting. It's it's weird. Okay. And there's places, of course, you can't do that with because they, they know you're going to do that. But it's just, you know, and then I get annoyed by that. <laughs> it's, I, it's like I'm not getting any positive reinforcement out of anything. I guess, out of things that you're enjoying yeah. in the game. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Okay. There you go. That's Axiom Verge 2. 20 bucks, but Matt says steer clear. Um, so if you're with us for the beginning of the show, you know, we talked about uh, a trio of Grand Theft Auto remakes, remasters. I guess they're just remasters that are on the way. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about Dead Space being remade. Remakes, remasters, huge thing in the industry. And there are tons of franchises that are just sitting there with nothing being done. And so I thought it might be fun to go through some of these franchises that a lot of us are wondering, like, what the hell's going on? And figure out whether we want those games to be remastered and remade or whether those franchises just need a new game entirely. Um, so you have, basically, we're basically choosing between two things. Either mm-hmm. you want one remade, remastered, so basically a better version of an existing game in the franchise, or whether we just want a whole brand new game in the franchise. Um, let's see. We're going to kick it off with another game that was rumored this week to be being revived or being revitalized, I think was the exact verbiage mm. that Bethesda used. Uh, QuakeCon is coming up, and already rumors have been circulating that we're going to get information on a new Quake. Um, and this is actually what prompted me to to do this topic was they, they're not sure what it's going to be. Mm. The verbiage was revitalized. So that could be a brand new game, or that could be that they're going to take an old Quake and just do a complete rework of it. Matt, what would you say about Quake? Do you think that there should be a new game in the franchise? Or do you think that they should just go back to one of the old ones and just repolish it and make it something newer and better? I could not possibly care less. Really? Uh, never no. a Quake player? No. What about Unreal Tournament? Because they're both in I like the, the, kind I of like the same Unreal boat. Tournament. I didn't play it very seriously, but I, I, I spent a, f- a number of evenings uh, wasting time on Facing Worlds, certainly. Um, I mean, Qu- the only Quake that I... I mean, I've played the Quakes, but I, you know... The first one was fine. Second one maybe was a little better because it had the sci-fi elements to it. Quake three, I didn't play much because it was a kind of death match that I have no interest in and what mm-hmm. I'm not any good at. And I don't actually remember what Quake four was, so I don't care. I guess I would maybe consider playing a revamped Quake two remake of the campaign or something. But Quake, I mean, Quake's going to be a multiplayer focused. What I just like the last thing they tried to reboot it with. I don't was, think people even expect a campaign with Quake anymore. I wouldn't think so. No. Um, who cares? Like make tribes. <laughs> there at, you least, at least, at least you'll be happy then. Uh, I exactly. Like. <laughs> I didn't put it. I didn't put tribes on this list because I'm the only one who cares about it. But I'll just go on the record yeah. right now that for tribes, I would actually prefer a remaster or a remake yeah. over a new game. Yeah, because I don't, tr- don't trust them to, to make that good again. I don't. No. I mean, they've tried. They've tried yeah. to make 
Tribes like three times. They've never been as good as the first game. Mm-hmm. None of them. So for me, Tribes, absolutely remake, remaster the first game. I still believe it would be a smash hit. I still think it was that far ahead of his time, and enough people have not played it or even heard of Tribes. Yeah, tons of people would not even know it was a remake. Right. They'd just be like, wow, be like, wow this look at this thing. Where I have a jetpack yeah. and I can like ski across the maps. Like, yeah, I. For me, Tribes definitely remake, remaster the first one. Don't even try to make a new one. Next up, Deus Ex. Hasn't been gone all that long, but Hmm. I don't think there's anything in the cards for this. Would you prefer like a remake or a remaster of the first Deus Ex, or would you prefer that they keep going in this direction that is it has been going? I mean, I do like the the new ones. I would like in the the last one. You know, Mankind Divided does pretty much end. Clearly, Mankind Divided was part two of three. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, or at least they had to divide it up. You know, the original idea had to be cut into, like, what was presumably going to be two games, and they never got to make the second one. So I'd like to see them finish that story. I do like the Adam Jenkins uh, storyline uh, of the of the sort of my, you know, micro-reboot, I guess, they did of, yeah. of it. Um, at the same time, one of my uh, one of my dirty hot takes of gaming is <laughs> I think the original Deus Ex is kind of a bad game. It is. Um, I mean... Ambitious had a lot of for its yeah, time. a lot of cool ideas, but like actually playing it, I kind of hate. Um, and like a lot of the stuff that they do, I mean, some of its technological limitations of its time. So I I would be interested in a re, a full ground up modern gameplay design sensibility remake of Deus Ex One. Like like what they did with Hitman, like completely mm-hmm. revamp it, still recognizable as what it was, it. but completely redo it into something that is playable by someone you know twenty one years later. Uh, I would be interested in that. But if you made me, I put a gun, put a put a, a gep gun to my head and <laughs> made me pick, I would probably like to finish the Adam Jenkins story more. Interesting. I think I would choose the remake, re- and it, it would be a remake. It would have to be a remake yeah. of the first Deus Ex. A remaster is not going to get it done. It wouldn't have to be rebuilt from the ground up. Yeah. Now, you asked me about System Shock. That's a different story. Well, we didn't ask that one because we are made, getting a remake getting of System those, Shock, and we're getting which is a also, new one. Well, I thought that was dead. Is System Shock 3 dead? It's indefinite hold, but I think System Shock 3 is dead. Generally means it's dead. Okay. They tried, though. They, they did, did try to make a they new did. game in the series. But I would also rather have a remake of that one. That would that would, System Shock One. Actually, I'd rather have a remake of System Shock Two because that's the better game. It is, yeah. But um, if this one gets better, maybe it does well. Maybe they'll get they'll do a System Shock Two remake. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would definitely prefer all those early ground up remake of Day all those Six. early. I hate the I hate the the term, uh, but all those early immersive Sims. Uh, have aged like milk. Yeah, I mean, like, Deus Ex was the original immersive yeah. sim. Yeah. But the, the most meaningless genre <laughs> term I have... Actually, no, now it's the second most, because immersive sim, all games try to be immersive, and it's not really simulating anything, is it? No. It's just two words you wanted to say, so you don't have to say you're playing a third-person adventure game, a first-person adventure game, right? Yeah. But I finally heard a, a genre, a, mate, a new genre term that is dumber than immersive sim, and that is search action. What's that? Which is something that people are... Where's Waldo? Search action (laughs) is what some very annoying people are trying to rebrand Metroidvanias as. Because they think the term Metroidvania is stupid or is too specific to two other games. So they want to call it more... Search action. 
You want to talk about a phrase that tells you <laughs> nothing about the thing you're trying to describe? Search action. Yeah, that's bad. It'll never catch on. No. But Maybe they should have called Axiom Verge 2 Search Action. <laughs> that should have been the title of that game. I'll be honest Because that's you, what it is. I didn't think Metroidvania was going to catch on either. So yeah, well. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> well, here, how, here's another hot take for you. Uh, proposal. Metroid games are not Metroidvanias. What are they? Metroid games. Right. Metroidvania specifically was coined to describe the Castlevania level up uh, kind of action RPG take on the Metroid's formula. Yeah. Metroid doesn't do that. Yeah. Metroid does not do what the Metroidvania formula does. It's just Metroid. That's why you had to combine Metroid with Castlevania to describe that subgenre. I Metroid mean, has never gone in that direction. Axiom Verge kind of lays that bare, right? Because yeah. the first game, you yeah. can very clearly line it up with one of the two. Right. And in the next one, you can line up with the other one. And we do use them interchangeably. Yeah, we use yeah. Metroidvania to describe Metroid-style games anyway because yeah. it's just simpler. We know, we, we know what we're talking about right. when we say yeah. that. But yeah. technically... Metroid is not the same as what we think of as a Metroidvania. It's true. Yeah. It's just a weird. It's just one part. It's just it. a weird way to split nerd hairs. It's a, you know, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. We all we all genre names are made up anyway. Who cares? <laughs> but anyway, yes, I would rather play more Adam Jenkins uh, than do a remake of. of I think part DSX. of it might be that obviously those games are vastly superior to the original yeah. days. Well, also, I just I just like to know how the story ends because as much as I thought Mankind Divided sort of felt a little unfinished and rough in places, I do think the story of that time period in that universe is interesting and I'd like to see what, where it goes. Okay. Next game. This is one near and dear to both our hearts. F-Zero. Mm. What should happen with F-Zero, Matt? Because I'll say this. like The game we're seeing right now, F-Zero GX... F-Zero GX is great. I mean, I just don't know that they can make, can they make better a better that? game. I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Uh, here's the thing, though. You kind of don't need to re- remake this game. It's like, still gorgeous. Like, I can slap this right thing... There. Yeah, I can slap this thing on my GameCube when I get home and play it, and it's still, I'm still going to have a great time. It's still great. It's, I'm not going to have any complaints. But nobody has... GameCubes. Well, they well. I mean, they should just make it playable. I mean, I know tons of people with GameCubes. I mean, I think that answers the question, though, which is it's remake or remaster is right. I mean, yeah, not even. I just, I mean, remaster. Sure, like you could just make this playable on modern systems. That would be fine. Um, I would like to see them do try F Zero again, but I worry that they screw it up. I'd worry that they'd come up with one of the classic Nintendo. We got to plus it and make it weird things. And it would just not be as pure as this game is. Cause that's one of the things that's great about GX and AX is they are pure F zero. They, they are, nailed them. they are yeah. F zero in a way. They are the, the template of all F zeros. They are the DNA of F zero laid bare in a, in a disc form. Yeah. It's true. And, I just feel like you'd get, you know, they'd be some kind of weird thing where, like, I don't know, you have to grow corn or something to power your. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what they do. I'm just, you know, you know what I'm talking. about. Well, if you about. remember, the story mode in this is very bizarre. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there is probably some corn growing in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> then there's uh, Captain Falcon's nipples that are like gold, right. gold they're, coins. They're, uh, well, I mean. The man's got to look. He's got to stick with it. I mean, one like, thing I would say is if they were to remake or remaster this game, make it easier. Yeah, you, you probably want, a, want an easy mode. It was way too one. hard. Oh, it was 
brutal. I don't brutal. know if I ever finished the campaign, actually. Well, look at that. You can't even get out of third place right now. Like, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's hard as ball. Yeah, I mean, it is. it was made by Sega, and it was made as a companion piece to an arcade game whose job is to take your quarters, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it, 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 the, and there the was pedigree an arcade was version there. of this, too. Yeah. Where you could take your GameCube memory card and into the arcade in and slide it in. And keep, yeah. yeah, you could keep your, your career sort of concurrent with right, both versions. Between the arcade and home versions of it. Because that was Ninten- the period where Nintendo uh, was leaning very hard on connectivity. You're right. In bizarre ways, yeah. I might add. Um, this was one of the better ways. I thought this was, this was that was cool. If you know, if we had a an arcade anywhere near us at that time that had F Zero AX, <laughs> that would have been fun. What about F Zero X on N sixty four? What did you think of that? I liked that, but I I didn't feel it had the the adrenaline kick that this one did. The hard the hardware was incapable of making a no. good F. It had a lot of cool stuff in it, and, and we played a lot of that. I remember it had you know the fact that it you know had, you could do so many so many players. You do four players. The, one fun. of the few games that actually ended up working with the sixty four DD as well. Yeah, um, I mean I was I, I liked it, but like this is this is F zero. When you say F zero, I think of this game. The reason I brought up F zero X is because you know if I would have broached that same question with myself during that era you know should this game be remade or remastered i probably would have thought at that point that like that's as good as f-zero mm. could get in 3d only for this to come out years later and totally obliterate it but i don't know like i really question whether creating a new f-zero would make a game better than this one i just yeah i i have a ooh, squeak that one out yep um that's well, the way all these races are in this game <laughs> they're all like that you either Win by the skin of your teeth, or you crash and burn yeah. and finish twenty eighth out of thirty. God, the music was great. Yeah, like just amazing, phenomenal. Yeah. The game's awesome. That's why it's hard for me to imagine that yeah. someone could make something better. Um, and I don't think e- I, w- I wonder around some, to do it. Well, sometimes I wonder if that's part of why we haven't gotten another one. Is like everybody's def- you know sort of like um, you know the story of how Metroid Prime got made. Like there were a bunch of teams that, that that Nintendo asked internally about doing it and none of them wanted to be the follow-up act to Super Metroid. Yeah. Like there were a bunch of them were like we don't feel like we can do that especially on the especially on the N64 hardware. That was yeah. actually one of the one of the I caveats. I mean consensus top 5 game of all time. Yeah. That's but, a tough act to follow. But I I want you know if I had to make a new F0 game, I would be intimidated as hell. I would be I wouldn't I would just remake this one. Yeah. That's I, I think that's the best answer for F Zero. I know Nintendo fans probably don't want to hear that, but a lot of those Nintendo fans have probably never played yeah. this game. Do Let's mean, just do, be honest about it. I mean, yeah, do a, do a remake slash remaster of this. Uh, add, maybe you can add some new tracks, add some new right. things, yeah. like or add a track editor that which yeah. was supposed to be in the DD version of add it, some of uh, gyro F-Zero control. X. Yeah, um, you know, you know, do it up. Yeah, definitely, you know, make it happen. But you already have a ton of tracks. You already have all the cars built. You know, it wouldn't be that big of a project. And a lot of it was a GameCube game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't play GameCube games. Like you could work on a lot of stuff from GameCube that hasn't been brought into the modern era. That's one of them. I am interested to see what people in chat say about it, though. <laughs> Shiki Shalasnik says it looks like an ugly wipeout. An ugly wipeout. Wow. Interesting. Al Vincent does bring up the good point: the risk reward of using your "quote unquote" health to boost. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that only F Zero has. Um, Vincent says 90% of the Switch's audience would bounce off it and it's difficulty. That's why I said yeah. that you have to, you'd have to ner- like provide yeah, you'd it have easier. To, you'd have to have a classic mode. And I a, mean, the story mode in that was hard yeah. as nails. Oh, yeah. I and never That was in it. the height of my powers. Like, I was, <laughs> that was before I got old and my reflexes dull. Yeah, I never bit. finished it. It was, it was I never finished the story mode. 
I tried. I tried so hard. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do it. No, you would definitely need like a cl- like, you know like a classic mode and a a range mode or original you know, right. like some kind of some kind yeah. of version that isn't called like super easy baby <laughs> right. mode, but is <laughs> super is easy super baby easy. <laughs> mode, and that would absolutely be the one I play. I mean, if they released it as it was on the GameCube, people would hate it. Oh, people would cry. Could you imagine like the reviews. You'd ruin Christmas. On, like, Metacritic. Yeah. <laughs> There's children screaming at their switches all across the world. It is interesting, though, how yet in other areas, like really difficult games that are in vogue, like the soul yeah. stuff. Like, but you ha- you have to like be known to be difficult. And then well, also, it's like, okay. well, also, like, the soul weird. stuff is 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 difficult in a fair way. Right. This right. game, like a lot of times when you're like, what the fuck was that? Just bad luck. There's yeah. Bad luck, or just like you. No one trusts racing game AI. Like yeah. we know that. Like it's yeah. it's. it's well, also with this one, it's like you're going around tubes. Like, right. It's just and you're there's random, a lot of random elements. It's very to hard it. to find the optimal line in, in yeah. this game. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, to me, this was like, I didn't think racing game AI could be more frustrating than Diddy Kong Racing. But. But. <laughs> there you go. You pulled it off, Sega. Well yep. done. All right. Let's move on. We have a bunch more games to get to. This is fun. I enjoy doing this. Um, let's see. Next up, Twisted Metal. Oh. Let it Let it stay dead. Bury that thing. Bury it deep. Really? I, I don't like Twisted Metal. I don't. I never thought the car combat thing was good. Well, the Destruction All Stars that was just recently released that is not a good sign for future car <laughs> combat projects. No. Let's be honest. I mean, if you're Sony, especially. And again, this is relevant because David Jaffe. There's rumors going around about a new Twisted Metal coming. Yeah, I've heard some of that. Into launch in conjunction with the upcoming TV show. And David Jaffe has oh, been... Oh, right. They're making a TV... What right. the hell is going on? And Jaffe has been consulted about the TV show. He has not been consulted about a potential video game. So that makes you wonder if it's legitimate or not. But it also begs the question, like, would you remake Twisted Metal Black? Or would you allow some studio or maybe Jaffe... To create another new Twisted Metal. Now, keep in mind, the last Twisted Metal that Jaffe made was not good. I would argue that none of them have been good. I don't like I any Twisted Metals. Twi- I thought the second one was pretty good. Two? Yeah. Maybe? I don't like these games. I think they're unbalanced. I think they're like just chaotic in a way that, way that just feels out of control and not interesting. Um, they are intensely of their time like yeah. it is such 90s grim look at look at that screen it's just you want to, you thought the 360 era was brown like what the <laughs> hell am i looking at i'll never forget the first time i played this series i went over to a friend's house and he explained to me that in order to like fire a rocket i had to like tap like left right and up on the right D-pad yeah just there to like, like fire yeah, a gun? special uh, like fighting game moves yeah. i was like what i'm yeah. like where's just the fire button they're like there is no fire button I'm right, like, right, right. You, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do a special mi- special <laughs> missile yeah no it's uh, for this one i would say do a new game because yeah. at least that is a chance of being good i would argue that that too uh, some people do like twisted metal black still um, I know. I'm, I realize that there's, there's everything has its fans. Yeah. Um. I I have never found these games fun. Any kind of game. I mean, I mean the Star Wars one, the the other yeah, ones they've all done. They've all, yeah, there was a the weird sort of the car combat mini genre had like a weird surge at one point and just sort of disappeared after the Dreamcast era more or less. Uh, you know, I, th- I guess like was it Twisted Metal 
Black was really the last, you know, they did more of them, but Twisted Metal Black was the last time it made any kind of impact on anything. Yep. Um, uh, Lestebe says I still play Twisted Metal too. <laughs> so some people still like it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I have them somewhere. Like I remember Twisted Metal too vaguely. I mean, wasn't that the one with the guy strapped to the two giant uh-huh. monster truck yep. wheels? Yep. I mean, that's funny. In a what weird- was his name? Axel. Axel. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Because he's an he's axle. an axle. Yeah, I think. <laughs> that's great. Okay, let's let's move on. <laughs> Next up, you gotta you gotta work for me not to like a game in which a van transforms into a robot and shoots missiles. That's like true. That. But like, I do, not, like I do not. I do not like Twisted Metal. Next up, Beautiful Joe. Mm. Capcom's one of cap one of the Capcom Five, right? Yeah, one of the five games they made exclusively for GameCube at first. Right, yeah, that and didn't then last. That didn't last. Um, and then they ended up making a sequel, right? They did. Yeah, they made a sequel, and then they made like a like uh, a Smash, Smash Brothers, Brothers kind of yeah, Red, yeah. Red Hot Rumble. Yeah. But what about the core base beat 'em up style, beautiful Joe franchise? What would you do with it, Matt? Would you remake this first one? Or would you launch a new game? I would do a new one. Yeah. Um, this game looks really dated, I think. Dated, and I don't think it works anymore with the modern... I mean, you know, it was, it was hard to kind of master back in the day, and I think now it would be even harder, uh, especially because a lot of indie games, you know, uh, do t- have, you know, side-scrolling stuff have taken some cues from this game, mm-hmm. yep. and I think this would just feel primitive now. Well, it was released. It's at a been time, iterated on since. It has. There, it was released at a time where bullet time was like yeah, the hot the thing. Post, the post Matrix era. Yeah, where everyone was trying to do bullet time in games mm-hmm. in some way. There was some shape. There was form. also sort of the um, the novelty of the fact that it you know it's referencing like the Henshin Henshin you know, Agogo stuff. It's referencing yep. Super Sentai, like the the Power Rangers, where we got the Power Rangers from, like kind of that tradition yep. of the of the of the Ranger team thing in Japan. Yep. And it was unique in that it was really addressing that and, and running from running with that in a way that other media, you know, you didn't see it otherwise. That I think that is because, because Power Rangers is now a very long-running thing. It's not quite as unique in that regard anymore, at least in the West. Um, I, w- I think you'd need to reinvent him and kind of everything again. You definitely would need to look at all the powers and figure out which ones still work yeah. and which ones don't. Like, there's definitely something here, but I think you would probably need to take it out of side-scrolling... Uh, turned into something a little more, um, I don't know, not freeform isn't what I'm looking for, but like, you know, something that like has a little more depth to it, both visually, uh, you know, like maybe, I don't know if, I don't know if it needs to be like a 3D like character action beat em up or anything, but like, you gotta do something different with it than this. It was also hard as balls. Oh, it was, definitely. It was really hard. Um, I don't, this is another game, I don't know if I ever finished it or not. I fi- I did finish the first one. I never finished the second one, and I barely even touched the Smash Brothers. Thing. I will say this: even to this day, it still is unique. There's no other game that plays like yeah. it, and there's no other game that looks like it. Whether a lot you of, like I'm, how it plays or how it looks, that's up to you. I mean, a lot of the Capcom those those games were like that. I mean, even I mean, it's a pretty blatant Zelda clone, but I wouldn't say uh, Okami has a lot of you know direct comparisons. That's true. You know, yeah, Piano Three. That game was Piano bad. Three, it bad, but, it but like look, no other game looks like it. No, no there are, <laughs> there are very few weird rhythm ass shaking shooters uh, around. Maybe for good reason. And but there was Dead Phoenix, which never even never was released. happened. It just yeah. died. So 
Um, <laughs> Dead Phoenix. Yeah, very very accurately titled <laughs> game in the end. Yeah, but I would say if you're going to do a new Beautiful Joe game, it's going to have to be a new game. Yeah. I don't think there's any saving these old ones in 2021 and beyond. It's just there's certain parts of them that are just too dated, and they're the core of the game. Yeah. And like the best – I mean, they are they, – they, you pulled off the the you know the kind of the remake remaster of uh, Wonderful 101. Yeah, uh, which was that's I, a newer oh, game. Though. Well, it's, it's a newer game, but also I would I would say it's sort of a descendant of these. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think you would need to reinvent Joe. Uh, drastically. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, it does look unique though. Still to this day, there's yeah. nothing else that looks quite like it. <laughs> and the whole film motif like it's just it's a Mm -hmm. weird game for sure i'm surprised that that game hasn't uh become worth a good bit of money over time yeah it didn't sell very well Uh, no but it did um get a lot of ports so that's true it's still coming to ps2 and yeah you're right and that does make a big difference okay next up here's one that people are going to grind their teeth over bloodborne Mm. what do you do with bloodborne matt do you remake Bloodborne for PS5 or PS6 or do you create Bloodborne 2? Um I think you do Bloodborne 2. Yeah. Yeah. It It hasn't been that long. No. I th- and I th- I do think you do a, P- a full PS5 update for it, you know, at least unlock the frame rate for the first game. But I think you do Bloodborne 2 if the option presents itself. I agree. I think that that's the right decision. It's not so old that it feels dated or even really looks dated at this point. It still looks no, good. No, it still looks fine. I mean, I, if you unlock the frame rate, you're done, Yeah, I think. Um, so maybe this is a double whammy. You remaster the first one yeah. and make a sequel. Yeah, I don't need a Demon's Souls-style remake. Right. I, just need, I just need it to look good and, and run, run well better. Yeah. on the PS5 and then do do a Bloodborne 2. I mean, it's still very pretty. Oh, yeah, it still looks great. It does, yeah. Um, it, just, it should be running at 60. That's yep, all. for sure. Um, Fix so, the frame pacing, etc. But like, yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that one. Do you think we'll ever get Bloodborne two, Matt? No, I don't either, man. It really is. They would have done like it by it. now, I think. Yeah, um, I know that'll disappoint some people, but I really don't think we're ever going to get a sequel to that. It doesn't seem like it. Um, does if Sony it, if we, own if we, that IP? Uh, yes. Does okay. From doesn't own it. Sony I don't owns think it. so. No, I, okay. I think that's Sony's, and that's one of the reasons we haven't seen it pop up anywhere else. Because they published it, like they, as far as I know, they they, they paid for it. They paid for it, yeah. Um, which <sighs> that's also you know same reason Demon Souls had to get a PS5 remake, where we've never seen it anywhere else, right? And with Sony holding those cards, at, at best, I think we can. The best thing we can hope for, I think, is a PC version of Bloodborne. That's the that's best, realistic. That's, that's I the think the best we get. Yeah, I think that's realistic. I think that that'll probably happen. Compared to a sequel, yes. I yeah. Because, so. I mean, it's a shame. And then if you do that, maybe you can do the, take the work that was done on that, and that can help make the PS5, you know, patch or something. It is a shame that Sony owns the IP. Because yeah. if From owned it, I think we would get a sequel. Right, but at the same time, by From's own admission, if they didn't, th- this wouldn't exist. wouldn't have happened. Right. Yeah. Maybe they can buy the IP back someday, and that's about the only way I would yeah. see it. Because, unfortunately, Sony's standards... Are so high. Well, the other thing you could argue is, I mean, obviously From's busy because they're making Elden Ring, but you could also argue, it's like, sure would be nice to have Bloodborne right about now, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. With yep. your empty release schedule. <clears throat> Commander Fett asked, don't you think that Sony uh, would have Bluepoint make a sequel since they did such a good job on Demon's Souls? They might. 
That's not a terrible idea. I mean, I there, there's how... a lot of rumors flying around that Bluepoint's next project might be Bloodborne Remake. I, that makes a lot of sense. I do wonder how From would feel about Bluepoint making the sequel, but... I mean, I feel like they it, don't own it, so making, not a yeah. I think I think I think it. remaking the first game is different to from from making a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be interesting. The other, although the other thing is like I would imagine Blue Point has a working relationship with them. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and maybe there's some. They may and, trust them at this point. You know, might be trust them. Might be some give and take. At a certain point, From's got to move on. Miyazaki's at least got to move on and do other things. Like you know, maybe he doesn't want to do Bloodborne. That too. could be. Maybe he'd be fine passing that on. To yeah, someone. I don't remember any quotes from him about that one way I or another. I can't remember. Yeah, because yeah. I think he's afraid to talk about it because right, it's all in you Sony's jinx it, hands. Basically, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. Next up, Dark Souls. I know they're kind of similar, but mm. they're not. Um, and these games are starting to look a little dated at this point. The first one certainly. I would. I would. You, do you want a Dark Souls four? Or would you no. rather they remake the first Dark I'd, Souls? I think I'd like to see a Demon Souls quality remake of the first one. I'd agree with that. Yep, I totally agree with that. Um, I have tried to play this. Game I would many like to times. see from move on past the Dark Souls game. I mean, obviously they're making the same, you know, Elden Ring is not completely divorced from what Dark Souls is. Mm-hmm. Neither was Bloodborne, neither was Sekiro, but, like, I'd rather see them do new things. I've been happy with Bloodborne and Sekiro and Elden Ring looks cool. Um, move on. Like, don't get stuck in the Dark Souls world forever. Like, I feel like that story's told. That, that you've, done, you've done Dark Souls. It always trips me up watching trailers for Dark Souls because I've played it for many hours and I've never seen never any seen of this it. Stuff. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. Like, when does that happen? <laughs> it's funny. If you know what you're doing, like, five minutes in yeah. sometimes. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, uh... it's funny. Um, I, I agree with you. I think a remake of the first one. Um, there, I mean, it was kind of like their first shot at, like, that whole formula. Like, obviously, you're not going to nail it on the first try. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a lot of people have a strong well, I, I think compunction the, towards I think the majority the of Dark Souls fans would say the first one's the best one. Really? Um, easily. Interesting. Easily. Why is that, quickly? Um, the main thing, main star of the show is uh, the uh, level design. Okay, so they think the, the fact, level design is the, the best in the, the first? The fact that it's a giant maze that inter- interconnects with itself. Okay. Uh, and makes a lot of, it makes a lot of structural and geometric sense while doing it. It is a triumph of level design. Yeah, I mean, um, that whole series is. You know, and it was a re- it was a re- refinement of how uh, Demon Souls worked. You know, it, it created, brought in the Estus flasks, which was less irritating than a limited use you know healing item like the mm-hmm. the grass was. Um, my favorite one is two, uh, which is a tremendously controversial opinion because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people a lot of people that like Dark Souls hate two. They think it ruined everything. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, they did screw up a few things at launch. The hitboxes and the and the tracking were bad. They fixed a lot of that in the sins of the sins of the first scholar, um, and then Dark Souls three. A lot of people put Dark Souls three at number two as a kind of second rank. Uh, you rarely see someone say Dark Souls three is their favorite one, um, which Dark is Sol- crazy because it should be the best of the three. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, uh, Dark Souls one is by far the favorite of the Souls fandom. Interesting. Like I, I don't think that would be controversial to say at all that Dark Souls one is the most loved of the three. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on. We got more games to look at, franchises to look at. Next up, Jack and Daxter. Oh. <laughs> this is a I, tough one because the first game right. in this series, in particular, 
is rougher uh, than I will say in new others. I will say a new game because I never want to play that first game again. I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's just it it's too set in the past. The yeah. first one it is it is a weak ass side mate side quill of banjo kazooie yeah that's all it is yeah, like it's it's that. a tremendously uninspired platform 3d platformer that's very pretty pretty sure but there's a reason jack 2 was drastically different yeah because the first one was not going to sustain conceptually through a f- multiple games yeah it just didn't do it well just especially compared to like the three big platformer mascot games that launched almost simultaneously on PlayStation was this Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper. Which of the three of those is the boring one? This one. Jack. Absolutely. Yeah, was, Sly yeah. Cooper and Ratchet had ideas and, and verve and characters that just weren't like anything else. And this was just like they made a Nintendo platformer except they weren't very good at it in comparison. I never really liked these characters either. No, I found I, them annoying. They are. They get. I think they get better. Uh, or at least Daxter gets better in two and three. I know. You know, two and three are also sort of replica, uh, replicas, relics of their time. Yep. Which is an intentional reference to the fact that there's relics all through this fucking game. Um, <laughs> that like, uh, they're very '90s. Even though they weren't made in the '90s, they are very '90s, grim, dark, edgy yeah. image comics nonsense. Well, he has a goatee. He gets a good. He gets patch. a soul patch as you go on. He's like, <laughs> it kind of. They kind of tried to make it in that. a GTA. It's you know, it was sort of like open world. And then he'll be right in the. Right and there's the a little house. of that in Ratchet where he kind of ends up as the, you know going you know, going commando and sort of ending up in the war zone stuff and all that. You know, it gets a little bit like, but it never takes itself seriously. And this. I, this I never felt like Jack the Jack series figured out what it wanted to be. Nope, and they didn't either because no. they, they put out a racing game yeah. and like a weird shooter <laughs> yeah. and like. Like I've said, the first Naughty Dog game I actually like is Uncharted One. Interesting. I've never had any use for Naughty Dog until the Uncharted until Amy Hennig took over. And now frankly. you don't like Uncharted either. No, it, it, <laughs> it didn't. I mean, it's like Last of Us. Yeah. I mean, it, it, how can you not? Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, Jack, I have no fondness for I, I love ratchet and i love sly cooper but this was the this was the this was the dog of the ps2 uh mascot era for me i'd agree yeah. uh next up splinter cell Ugh. that first game set the world on fire yeah but i want to play it again um but also i don't trust them to to make a good splinter cell i mean let's be honest there still aren't games doing what that game did like there still aren't games where you're creeping around shooting out light bulbs and like if there's like one piece of your elbow in the light like you're discovered and right but one of the reasons there isn't is because that's really annoying it is yeah it is annoying like it, splinter cell uh as much as it, a technical triumph it was at the time and how, how amazed i was to play it in 720p in my projection right? lcd tv through component cables at the time <laughs> um like it's kind of emblematic of the thing that like Adam used to say where like the stealth games he doesn't like are the ones that um, are just what you when you're doing what you'd do in a normal action game but slower right yeah. which is pretty much what Splinter Cell is to me it's, yeah it's just like it's it's like it's like when a normal game it's just like oh I'm hiding behind a thing we're gonna jump out and do that and like Splinter Cell is like no dude you need to wait okay well Why? how, how I, just wait. <laughs> Oh, you missed it. Yeah, you got to wait again. I was like, okay, I'm going to go have a sandwich or that something. That is pretty accurate. Like, it's like, that is how it was. So I think we're both in agreement that new game. Uh, yeah, I but guess. But does a new game. Well, what does a new game look like for this? It Does a new game even work at I this point? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I mean, I guess you do kind of a hitman thing, but like with less 
formulaic like puzzle box element, you a little more freeform. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I got also like, is there a mark? I mean, like, I feel like the Tom Clancy thing has sort of morphed into the open world multiplayer thing, like that Ghost Recon and Division sort of emblem, uh, you know, rep- represent. Yeah. And Rainbow Six Siege. Like, I don't know where Sam Fisher fits anymore. I mean, does he fit? Is he? Does he, people even care? I mean, about he him popped as a, up in Wild character even more anymore. Like, does he yeah, matter? I mean, I mean, he, I he was just like a generic military dude. Yeah, you know, with a good voice actor. Was he third echelon, whatever they call it? Yeah. Third echelon, whatever. I get. I mean, like, also like, it's not the early two thousands, not the post nine eleven rah rah let's go military power jingoism of the of the two thousands anymore. Like the idea, the idea of a gruff voiced white dude who runs around doing things that he's not allowed <laughs> to do because it's against international law, but because it's what America needs right now. Like that's yeah. not really a big appeal right now. It's one of the reasons GI Joe can't get off the ground in the movies. What's uh, Ubisoft going to do when they run out of uh, Tom Clancy? content to use we'll never know because they never will <laughs> i mean eventually there's not going to be anything that he's created that they can base stuff on oh, they haven't based anything on stuff he's done for decades really ghost recon's not based on yeah it's just a brand no no oh, no really? no I didn't know splinter that. cell has nothing to do with anything i thought it did no 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 i oh, mean they did do books about it after the after fact the fact but no tom clancy's just been a brand for longer than i didn't know that Longer than they've been making video games out of it, frankly. Like he hasn't, he hadn't written one of those books since Rainbow Six. Really? Yeah, as far as I know, everything was Ghost Riders. They just slapped the, the I didn't name know on that. as a brand. I didn't oh know yeah. That. Like I said, you learn something every Ubi- episode of Game Ubisoft Day. has made most of their their Tom Clancy stuff up, up out of whole cloth. All it had to be was like a moderately, believably realistic military thing. Because it's funny. It's it's not like I would. Looking back, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Tom Clancy. If you want to make military games, you need that name attached to your game. Like, I would mm-hmm. never have said that. No. Like, they, Ubisoft established him for me. And yeah. then I just assumed that he was writing all these oh, yeah. books, creating this lore. No, 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 and, no, 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 no. Interesting. He's just a brand. That, that There's a reason Ubisoft bought it. They own Tom Clancy as a brand. Yeah. Because, because they literally, like you said, you know about that mainly because of them. It's true. And Red Storm, Red Storm Entertainment at the time, which was Clancy's uh, Clancy's development house, basically. Yeah. Um, no, by the time the late ninety, by the turn of the century, Tom Clancy was just a brand name you slapped on a military novel to get it in the airport. Yeah. Basically. Okay. As far as I know, Rainbow Six is the last one he personally wrote, which was a long time ago. And oh boy, it was very long in and of itself. <laughs> Maybe they got and all had, the material out of yeah. that for all their games. And that was obviously basically, you know, they directly based the Rainbow Six, early Rainbow Six games on that. Mm-hmm. But almost like the Splinter Cell stuff, the Ghost Recon stuff, all that, st- you know, Hawks. That's right. Um, Hawks. All the, uh, end, end War, <laughs> all that stuff yeah. was whole cloth from UB. Wow. Okay. All it had to do was, f- and you know, they share characters here and there. You yeah. Know? But, you know... That's about it. Jack Ryan doesn't show up a lot in the UB games, you'll notice. I think he might be a separate license. Okay. Um, All right, here's the last one. And this is a classic, a true classic. Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, um... I guess a new one. It has to be a new one, Because I hate the first one. Oh, you don't like Final Fantasy Tactics? One of my least favorite games of the PS1. Wow! I despise I did not know this about you, Matt. I, I'm a Shining Force guy and a Fire Emblem guy. I hate the way Final Fantasy Tactics presents itself and runs terrain stuff. 
and the fact that you can take a chocobo with you, but it counts as one of your characters, so you've annihilated one-fifth of your firepower by taking a <laughs> stupid bird with you, and it doesn't even make you more powerful. Like, what the hell are you doing? And, like, it's a miracle if you can find four squares that are next to each other. The game really agrees are actually next to each other. I hate Final Fantasy Tactics. Wow. I Story's not... great. Story's really good. Yeah, Character's really, good. really great. The music's phenomenal. I fucking hate that game. <laughs> Playing it, just playing it. Right. I do not like Final Fantasy. Wow, at all. I did not. Know I this did about like you. the GBA one, um, Tactics Advance. Tactics Advance. I did like that one a fair amount. Um, but that original PS One game, mm-mm. the War of the Lion thing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, mm-mm. so you you agree with me that the story is amazing? Yeah, the story's great. So wouldn't a remake be better? Where you... no, because if you change it to the way I like it, everyone who likes it would hate it. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Because I just make it into Fire Emblem, basically. Right. Like I would. I mean, they probably would if they remade it. That's probably what it would become. Of, I don't know. But it would have a great story because the story from the first. You no, know, it would. Is they, awesome. They'd remake it and they break it up into four different parts. It would take twenty years to make them all, and they'd all be voiced by different people. <laughs> and and then there would be a whole section where you have to go talk to some guy on a motorcycle who wasn't there in the first game anyway, but he's there because they thought he looked cool. And then like. It'd be a whole side thing where you have to go on a date with a character that had four lines in the first one, and then like you have to not have that matter because you still have to tell the same story, and then it doesn't matter anymore anyway. And who cares? Wow, I never knew this about you, Matt. I never. No, knew I, don't like you were not I don't like that game at all. A, that is one of the classics that almost everyone agrees that they love, but not the nope. case for this one. I, nope. Interesting. Nope. I don't even like looking at it. Wow, it does have a great story. It does. It and does so absolutely. I would absolutely choose a remake of the first one. Yeah. You know because what I would right. choose instead? Suicide Into. Yeah. I mean, that's great too. Remake of Suicide Into. That's great too. Which is which is an equally good story and doesn't make me angry to play. Yeah. And look, I'm not disagreeing with any of your points. I agree with mm-hmm. all of them. You're right. There's all these goofy yeah. contrivances with the game, but I think the story carries that game, and I think you could very easily fix all of those little technical issues that came. I mean, think I about. Know. I mean, they already remade it once, and it didn't fix anything for me. That's true. War of the Lion. That's a good point. Yeah, but I mean, like, put resources into it. Sure. Do like a PS5 sure. tactics. Hell, as long as, we're, as long as we're doing what we do with Final Fantasy VII, we we'll turn it into an action game. Yeah. Screw it. <laughs> yeah. Makes as much sense as anything Square does. These I mean, that's days, right? what, what it did, really. Yeah. I mean, they did turn Final Fantasy VII into yeah. an action game, and they would probably do the same with Tactics if we let yeah. them do it. I mean, I'm sure they can make Ramza squeeze very slowly, shimmying along corridors, just make you really feel like you're on the adventure you were with with, with Cloud. Yep. Uh, let's see what people thought about uh, Tactics. Um, I love Final Fantasy Tactics, but Square shouldn't touch it. So Her- Herb is saying, Herbatronic is saying, it's perfect the way it is. Like, don't. I mean, that's Square also a valid. T- I mean, the, not if you do love that game, I can absolutely understand not trusting Square to touch it today. <laughs> Fire Native says, Matt, we don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I was surprised to hear that too, uh, Fire Native. I really thought Matt was a, a fan of that, but yeah, I guess not. Um, okay. I liked. Uh, I have liked Final Fantasy. I like Final Fantasy six. I like Final Fantasy twelve. I like Final Fantasy XIV, although I haven't had to devote, haven't been able to devote 300 hours to get into Stormbringer or whatever the, you know, the, the expansion stuff. I am okay with eight and nine, and uh, but for the most part, I think everything after six is a disaster. <coughs> That's pretty <coughs> accurate. And the first Final Fantasy I never fin- I finally did not finish, that I just stopped playing was ten. I liked nine. Nine was I like nine. I don't love nine, but I like nine. Once they started going for like the teen heartthrob, 
pop yeah. star stuff. Well, I have a whole. That's thing. where I started checking. I have out. a whole thing about that. Um, <laughs> in that, I believe Final, it started with Final Fantasy VII because it was strongly influenced by Evangelion, mm-hmm. which had become a huge hit in the in the interim. And you had a point where with seven, um, seven previously Final Fantasy games and most big JRPG games were structured like novels. Mm-hmm. They had big, long, kind of sprawling stories that covered all this stuff. Starting with Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII structured itself like an anime series. It, it was like a, se- a couple of seasons of anime series. It was like episodic stories of things that did not really sprawl the same way. They were more focused on the characters. I think they poorly focused on the characters, but that's basically what they were doing. They were doing sort of these angsty character trauma exploration stories rather than kind of epic tales, which is what Suikoden did at the time, which is why I like Suikoden so much more than every other JRPG that's basically on PlayStation 1. It took years for them to stop doing that, and I think that Final Fantasy VII basically did irreparable damage to that subgenre because of doing that and and getting back to sort of the large-scale epic novel idea took forever. Xenoblade Chronicles does that, mm-hmm. the, does, does the sprawling epic thing. Yeah. Um, Skies of Arcadia did something similar to that. It was the first game in the JR, first major JRPG I can recall post Final Fantasy VII where everybody seemed like they were having a good time for once. You know, it's like, <laughs> you it's like yeah, it's like, how about, how about, that's all I wanted by the time Skies of Arcadia came out. I was like, can I get a JRPG in which the character that I'm playing wants to be playing the game I'm playing? Can we... <laughs> Like, can someone enjoy the fact that they're doing something <laughs> yeah, amazing the here? The reluctant hero gets old. Yeah, after get a in while. the get in the robot, Shinji. Like, get, <laughs> that's all I want you to do. <laughs> it's funny though, because like the final part of Evangelion finally came out this Friday, uh, past oh, really? Friday on Netflix. It was already out in Japan, but it was the movie, the fourth rebuild movie, came out. And if you had gone back in time and told me that Evangelion would have a more satisfying ending than the Star Wars Skywalker saga, I'd have said you were crazy. But it here does? we are. Wow. Evangelion ends better than Star Wars. Wow. Never thought out. I'd say it. I'll check it out. You got to watch the whole series first. Yeah. And the movie. And then the other four movies. And then you'll have the whole story. That's not happening. Then you're not going to understand any of those movies. <laughs> I, pr- it would, it's, it, I don't know if were you, I don't know if you were around when the first one came out. The first one came out. I saw the first rebuild Evangelion movie in Japan with no subtitles. Because it had just come out there. That's no, September. I wasn't there. I mean, I was... Oh, you were already you were already game trailers. That was two thousand seven. Yeah, and uh, I went and saw it in a theater by myself because no one else would go with me. I would have went with you. Um, and I, I, I know, <laughs> but uh, it was it was packed. It was me and a whole theater full of teenage girls who were just there to see Kaoru. Right. Um, the, Interesting. The the, the 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 hot young boy angel yeah. guy. Um, and it was fun because I you know the, the first one was a full remake of kind of basically the first half of the first season or the first half of the series really, and so I knew what was happening because I'd seen the series so much, but I so I didn't need the subtitles. Yeah. But every once in a while, one of them would say something that was clearly different or something would be changed, and the whole audience would go, "Oh!" Like everyone would like <laughs> react to it. And I'm like, "What? What did they say? What happened?" Like <laughs> that's funny. It's like this one white dude sitting yeah. in this theater watching this with all these like like anime fans from Japan, and I'm just like, "That's I, great." And every once in a while, someone would be like. <laughs> that's great who let him in you know? yeah <laughs> that's that was a good place to see it it's fun oh yeah was, but, but i'm just saying it. there were originally originally you know, supposed to be four of them and the fourth one just came out this week that's crazy that's a long time 14 years later wow that's they, that's a slow play as they say the reason poker. i compared it to star wars <laughs> is because we're talking about time spans that are about, it, it works out yeah 
Okay. <laughs> that was a fun topic. I enjoyed yeah. doing that. Um, we only touched on like eight franchises. There's a lot more that we could talk about. However, I think for the rest of the month, we're going to be loaded with games. So we may come back to this on another rainy day. I had a lot of fun discussing this stuff, taking a walk down memory lane with a lot of these franchises. But now it's time for our second attempt <laughs> at Name That Game. I pretty much blew it last week. I'll just take full. I expect a clue this year to be this time to be like this game was on a disc. (laughs) (laughs) So last week, okay, for those of you maybe who weren't didn't watch last week or haven't watched the archive, um, essentially what this is is you are trying to guess the game that I am hinting at, and I'm covering this paper very carefully because I still wonder if Matt saw it last week. No, other people in the chat uh, got it too. They did. You're right. Um, People got it on the first clue last week, and I learned a lot. Partly was your delivery. I know. I was putting emphasis on different oh, syllables yes. that helped. Yeah. So I'm going to read these a little more dead this time, although I didn't do as many play on words with the clues. Um, so essentially what's happening is you guys in chat are competing with Matt to come up with the name of the game. And I have a list of clues that I'm going to read, um, and whoever guesses it first will win. If one of our viewers wins, you will win a six-pack of sifted stickers that I will send anywhere in the world. Um, if you do beat Matt and you come up with the name of the game before he does, make sure you either DM us here on Twitch or you can DM me on Twitter or you can DM me at sifted.net at Shane. Um, just make sure you you approach me, give me your shipping uh, address and your name, and we will get those stickers out to you as soon as possible. So after last week, Matt guessed it on the first clue. <laughs> It still blows my mind. And so did two people. I think mm-hmm. at least one person in yeah. chat did. Justin Horman definitely got it. Yeah, which is impressive still, even though I did kind of give it away. Um, so I did try to write the clues this week a little more cryptically, and I will read them a little differently so as to not give too many clues and just what in the, is in the verbiage. You'll have to figure it out for yourself this time. So here we go. Well, first you're going to want to catch up on the chat. Yep. Let me scroll down to the bottom of the chat here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think other people enjoyed that topic as well. Cool. Um, as I said last week, any ties go to you guys. Go to the chat. Um, and Matt is willing to accept that. If Matt, I don't get any stickers for this. He doesn't. So, yeah. He's already been given <laughs> stickers and shirts and everything else. He has everything he needs. Um, so if Matt comes up with the name of the game, I will look over to our chat, and I'll give you guys a couple beats. And if somebody answers it within those couple beats, you guys will win. Otherwise, Matt will be the champ. Justin Horman won last week. Um, he was he won the first uh, episode of Name That Game. We'll see who can take it in week two. Okay, here we go. Clue number one. And some of these clues I'm speaking as if I were the game, mm. which I found to be quite fun. <laughs> Here's the first clue. Are you guys ready? Get ready to type. Let me make sure I'm at the bottom of the chat here just in case. Should I put the chat up for people so they can yeah, see? Yeah, yes. Okay. More interesting than looking at us. Speak for yourself, Kyle. <laughs> uh, okay. I just snorted. First clue. <laughs> and I never do that. I was released in 2010, and one of my biggest features would be right at home with one of the biggest kids' toys from the 70s. Hmm. Oh, wait. I have sound effects, too. I have a ticking clock sound effect that only they can hear. Bueller. 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 
Anyone, Bueller? Okay, we got some guesses. Disney Infinity, Guitar Hero, Spyro Sky Thing, You Draw, Toy Story 3, Skylander. Nope, you guys are all wrong. Mm -hmm. All right, we made it to the second clue this week. I like that. Final Fantasy 13, Transformers. Nope, nope, nope. You guys are all wrong. All right. From the 70s. Transformers are not from the 70s. They're not. No. Here's the next clue. I'm from the 70s. This one might give it away <laughs> now that I'm reading it. So be ready. Iron Man 2? No. Sorry. Here's the next clue. Let me get the clock sound effect ready. I received great reviews, but sales never matched the name of the studio that created me. Hmm. G.I. Joe? No. Was there a G.I. Joe video game? Star Wars Force yeah. Unleashed? No. Yeah, there was a G.I. It was a very bad G.I. Joe video. There were several bad ones. I'll read that one more time. I received great reviews, but sales never matched the name of the studio that created me. Titanfall? No. All right. I did a better job this time. Mm. I'm starting to figure it out. Bayonetta? No. Okay, here we go. Clue number three. This one I think will definitely give it away. A gaming icon was at the helm of my development, but he had to change residences to work on the project. Tick tock, tick tock. Hmm. Not Monopoly, sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Knack. <laughs> That's not Knack. Kingdom Zamalor, no. Knack, no. Wow, I really thought that one would give it away. I'll read this one again. A gaming icon was at the helm of my development, but he had to change residences to work on the project. Fable, mm. no. Wii Music, no. Oh, the I did only, a much better job this time. The only thing I'm thinking of is Epic Mickey. Nope, not Epic Mickey. But, hmm. Okay, going to the next clue. The lead character's first name is the same as one of Sifted's former TriCaster technical directors. The lead character's first name is the same as one of Sifted's former TriCaster technical directors. You better be a sifted OG to know that. Blue Dragon, nope. 2010, mm. yep, it's 2010. Not Donkey Kong. I <laughs> did a much better job this time. Enslaved, nope. Uncharted, nope. No, we've never had a Nate. Have we? Nope. Prince of Persia, nope. Alpha Protocol, and we never had a Gabe. Alpha Protocol, nope. Serious Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Serious Sam. Deadly Premonition, nope. No. Splinter Cell, nope. All right, we're moving on to the next clue. I like Death this. Spank, Jesus. Death Spank. I don't even know what that is. That was that was a. There were a couple of those. That was a like a sort of a Diablo-ish thing. Okay. 
All right. Here's we only have after this clue. There's only one more. Hmm. So you guys have to get this soon. I think this one maybe you will get. You will get it from. I have been bundled together or discussed in connection with my bay at different times. Vanquish. I think I think it's seven seconds. I think he got it. Okay, Sinatike, you got to be honest with us. It is Vanquish, by the way. Um, but you, you're going to have to be honest with us. It was so close that I honestly don't know if you got it before Matt. So just be honest and let us know if you heard it from Matt before you guessed it. Okay, so other people are saying that he got it first. Oh, he says give it to it. Matt. I Googled <laughs> it. Okay. Wait, so what's his name? Sam Gideon. Sam, okay. Yeah. So let me go through the clues now. I, I thought, I, I knew the residence thing was a reference to Resident Evil, but I couldn't <clears> figure <throat> out what that meant. I'll go through the clues again, and I think it'll become more clear. I didn't realize Mikami had to move to make this game. Well, he didn't. Mm. Changed residences, Resident Evil. Hmm. So anyway, let's go through the clues again real quick. I was released in 2010, and one of my biggest features would be right at home with one of the biggest kids' toys from the 70s. Do you get that now? No. Slip and slide. Slide mechanic. That's the first clue. It has to be really hard to figure out. Second one, I received great reviews, but sales never matched the name of the studio that created me. Platinum. Platinum. Yeah, I got that. Um, again, And somebody guessed Bayonetta yeah. from that, and I was like, oh, they're going to get it, and they never got it. Um, a gaming icon was at the helm of my development, but he had to change residences to work on the project. That's obviously a re- reference to Mikami with Resident Evil. Uh, the lead first, the lead character's first name, Sam. No, no, you guys guessed Sam. You forgot all about poor Sam. <laughs> Can't imagine why. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. Um, I mean, I mean, I forgot this, that that character's name was Sam. Oh, okay. Like he's not but a see, memorable character. You got to realize that I'm doing this knowing that they're googling. Right. So. It's like, okay, if they start adding all these little things together and they're Googling it, eventually, like, I thought if they knew the name, they would get it immediately. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Um, I have been bundled together or discussed in connection with my bay at different times, Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final clue was, I have been, I have been heralded as innovating the third-person cover-based shooter. And that, I think, would have totally given it away. So there you go. It's Vanquish. Clearly win back. Yeah, it could have been win back, but with all the other clues. Not in, not in 2010. Yep. Um, so there you go. Um, we'll give it to Cinetike. Sounds like, even look, even if I write these questions knowing that you guys are going to Google. Um, so that's totally fair game. And if you're saying you got it in before Matt answered, then you totally won. Cinetike, send me a message, send us a message here on Twitch, or send us a mess, send me a message on at sifted.net. Or send me one on Twitter at Dinfire, and we will get your, your six-pack of stickers out to you ASAP. Congratulations, and good job beating Matt. Was that better than last week, you think? Uh, I don't agree with the slip and slide thing, but okay. it's fine. What was wrong with the slip and slide thing? Um, because it's I, I would never have just defined the mechanic of Vanquish along those lines. Like, I, I would never make that connection between slip and slide and the fact that you do that I, I don't know i mean that's what the game's known for yeah but i don't slip and slide you're, you you're, you're, you're doing slide. you're doing too much jump work between that and slip and slide like he's not sl- sliding down wet plastic he's just sliding 
Like I, I would, I and I kept thinking about like other. I for a second I was like lawn darts, like it's like, jarts, like it's something, <laughs> something like murder, you know, dangerous seventies toys. I was trying, like, <laughs> well, again, there was no way I was going to let you guys get it with the first clue. Mm-hmm. There was a vague possibility someone could have got it, but they didn't, and so it actually made it to the next to last, which is great. Um, Emperor Dread, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, let's get to a couple questions here before we tune out for the week. Um, Eth Demon, I know you're not not really your space in gaming, but what's your take on the mass exodus that is occurring from World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy XIV? My take is that Final Fantasy XIV is a better video game. Yeah. Like, there's more happening there. Like, it's not stagnant. They're doing new things. The writing on the new stuff is reputedly exceptionally good. Uh, they offer a lot of ways to get through it. The world is more compelling. I think just walking around the world of Final Fantasy XIV is more interesting than Azeroth ever was. Yeah. Um, and this is me praising Square Enix. Like I'm not going to do that for free. But like, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't blame anyone who feels that they've seen everything World of Warcraft has to throw at them, and now they want to try this new thing. I mean, I don't play MMOs at all. Never have. Probably never will. Um, and I don't hear anyone talking about World of Warcraft. No, I hear people talking about Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. All fourteen the comes time. up a lot. Four- I see you guys talking about it in our chat. Yeah. Fourteen all is one the of the time. biggest turnaround stories I can recall of anything yeah. in, the, in this industry ever. It doesn't surprise me at all to answer your question. Um, uh, when you add on top, I also I think all the stuff that's been going on right, in Blizzard. That too. But also, also, I think a lot of people that play World of Warcraft have been waiting for something else to do to jump to. Yeah, like sure. Something of a, a comparable quality to Warcraft in its heyday. Yeah. And I think 14 is there or better at this point. So, yeah. Yeah, the only other viable option really is like Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, and that's not... It's not. It's not the same thing. It's not yeah. on, the, on par. Yep. Sneaky, uh, solid, Shanake. I love Bloodborne, but no, no matter how much I try, I will never beat the first boss. If it gets a remake, should it have an easier mode? I can't get good. I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole right now. I, the get good rabbit hole. I think... Uh, We've discussed it many times. Right. I, I think easy, easy modes for those games would be fine. Yeah, me too. Just don't, one of the you don't, rare, you don't like it, don't play them. We're End one it. of the rare gaming podcasts that are 100% okay with easy modes. Yeah, tons of games have easy modes. And Provided I, they I, still give you the more challenging sure, option. They don't but take why wouldn't away. they? Yeah. they uh, tons of games have easy modes, and I've never played them because I don't play on easy mode. But yep. it doesn't bother me that they're there. It's ridiculous. Um, Zet Saber Juno, he's asking us more on the remake or new game stuff for different franchises. I don't want to answer those yet because we'll probably do that topic again. I mean, we want to save those franchises for later on. Um, but I'm glad that you guys are asking questions about it because it means it engaged you guys and you liked it. So that's a good sign. Um, the Big Smoke 82. What did you guys think of the latest CD Projekt Red Cyberpunk 2077 stream for the new patch? I did not see it. Neither did I. Um, it was terrible. But I mean, the fact that we didn't watch it tells you something, right? It means mm-hmm. that we've checked out on that game already. Um, I uninstalled it. Like I'll, yeah, I'll, get, I'll get around I to it. I finally did. It was terrible considering they used to have the slick PR presentations, and now this looked like an indie dev promoting their early access game instead of one of the biggest developers in the world. So strange and awkward to watch. Okay, so now that you've described it and you've filled us in on what actually it was, and that is a little surprising because remember they had those pre-produced things for mm-hmm. a long time that were very slick, um, but maybe they've just... They're like, well, we had a we had a marketing company produce those, and now we got to do them ourselves, and this is about as good as we can get. Or maybe they just don't want like a lot of hype around the game. Yeah, anymore. I mean, I, I I can certainly understand why you wouldn't want it to be too slick. 
considering what happened. Yeah. Like you want to be pretty, pretty, you want to be pretty op- open and kind of naked about it, I guess. Um, at this point, it's just like, look, you let me know when you're ready to put that patch out, the next gen update out, and I will reinstall the game and try it again. But until then, I don't want to hear about it. Yep. Basically. Yeah, I think that's probably the right move. They probably just don't want to draw much attention to themselves at this yeah, point. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, EDH420, did you promote the Mario Maker Shane versus Sifted this weekend? I did at the beginning of the show. Again, just a reminder, um, this Saturday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, I will be playing your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. So go create one right now, and I will play it on Saturday. Uh, stay tuned to our Patreon and Sifted.net for more information on that. This is going to be a stream that's not just for people at a certain pledge level. It's for everyone. Um, so, And you don't have to make a level just for me. It would be cool if you did, but you don't have to. If you just have a level that you're really proud of and you'd like me to play it, um, I will. And I'll only play each one ten times, so just keep that in mind while you're working on stuff. Um, Emperor Dread, thank you for Twitch Prime. 26 months in a row. That is awesome. I really appreciate that. Or a 10-month streak. 26 months. Thank you. Um, any other questions? Oh, yeah, there's a bunch. Um, from Vincent, do you think Axiom Verge 2 would have been better received if it was Axiom Verge subtitle? Does this disappointment make you more or less concerned for Hollow Knight Silk Song, another indie Metroidvania that's getting hyped to the moon? Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't played Axiom Verge 2, but I've watched it, and just watching it turned me off. Uh-huh. It just doesn't look exciting, and it doesn't look like the same game that I played that was the original um so that's what turned me off it's not really that it's called two but it's really a prequel but it's really not a prequel um even the developer couldn't really say whether it was really a prequel or not yeah i don't know like he he's like it's it exists in the same world and we're running alongside and blah 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 and i was like okay whatever buddy that doesn't matter to me what about you matt no not really um, it was. I would still be bored playing it. I just maybe wouldn't have had the same expectations about what Axiom Verge One was. Mm-hmm. As far as Hollow Knight, like that's a, I don't, it's a completely different team, completely different beast. Also, like Hollow Knight. Well, I'm not as over the moon about Hollow Knight as a lot of people are. Like, I can already see Hollow Knight Silk Song and look at it, and I'm, there's interesting things for me to look at. Yeah, like I'm not going to be bored looking at that game the way I am with Axiom Verge Two. I mean, y'all watch that B-roll? Did it look very exciting to you? <laughs> I really yeah. didn't. I mean, in gen- I mean, look, I like Axiom Knight, Axiom Verge one as well, but it's like Hollow Knight blows it out of the water visually. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, I I have a fondness for the pixel art thing, this you know, the sixteen bit look, but like not compared to something like Hollow Knight. Like that's yeah. that's a whole different artistic achievement to me. I'd agree. Um, let's see, the Fox and Crow. Have you ever struggled to strike a balance with video games as a hobby? I really had to force myself, and I'll get this up on screen. This is a long one. I've really had to force myself to diversify my activities outside of work, but it often feels like an uphill battle. Many have said to me, well, it's the same as as watching a lot of TV or film, but I wonder whether the huge amount of stimulation makes the medium uniquely addictive. Great question, man. That's one of the best questions we've had on here in a while. Um, I have, yes, I have. I've struggled. I have We've talked about gaming addiction before and whether we thought we were like gaming addicts. And that was a pretty spirited discussion, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I said that, yes, at certain points in my life, I did feel like I was addicted to games. There have been times in my life where 
I played video games at my detriment. Either I skipped out on social activities that would have been good for me or enriching for me or stuff that I had looked forward to and decided I wasn't looking forward to it anymore because I'd rather play a video game. I've done that. I've shown up late to stuff that I wasn't supposed to show up up late to. I have ignored my wife or my girlfriends in the past to play video games. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've struggled with it at times to control it. Um, And that's why I made it my job. (laughs) That's not true. This even happened after it was my job. Um, And I think that's part of a struggle that you go through when you work in the industry is you kind of have a built-in excuse to act this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone around you views that as a valid excuse because they're like, yeah, that's what he does. You know, He didn't mm-hmm. make it to the club tonight because he's playing some game he has to review or whatever. It's odd that even people in your life begin to look at that as like a valid excuse. Um, so they're almost like become enablers in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have definitely done, I have definitely spent time playing games at the detriment of other things I probably could have been doing in my life. Um, what about you, Matt? No. Yeah, I think that's what you said last time, too. Um, I've always done multiple things. Uh, obviously, played a lot of games. I, not, I mean, not since I was a kid, like younger. I, you know, obviously, when I was a middle school, high school, I'd play games instead of doing homework, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I wasn't into video games, I would have done some. I would have read instead or watched movies instead of doing homework. You know, it wasn't yep. about the games. It was about the other thing I didn't want to do. Um, I don't think I've ever skipped a social activity to play a video game instead. Um and I, you know, I got, I read in movies and comics and board games. You know, I, I, I yeah, I didn't even address of, that whole other part of his question. I, yeah, I do tons of other things besides games. I, obviously, uh, games have taken up a huge chunk of my time because, like you said, that's what I ended up doing for a living. Um, but I, I don't, you know, and I'm sure uh, certain girlfriends would disagree at times. Right. But like, I don't, you know, I don't do a lot. I have never really used it as that kind of like thing i have to go back and play this other than like you know maybe the first day or two of something i'm excited about that just came out i have always tried to make it a point that if someone needs me or or especially girlfriend uh, uh needs something or wants it to, like i will just stop i'll stop and engage with a human being instead um and a lot of times that you know there's usually kind of a, a, a synergy that comes about where it's like you know she wouldn't bother me when i'm playing games and because uh, I wouldn't bother her when she she was. I mean, I, I've always been a little lucky in that most of the women women I've dated have been uh, gamers in some degree, or at least understood why I like. Yeah, video might have games. never been really gamers, but they've understood. Yeah, yeah. Like it's never. I've never. I mean, obviously, why would I be with someone who's just like games are stupid? Why would anyone play a video game? It's just like that. You're obviously we're not going to get along at all, let alone. I think Generation X, our generation, yeah. is the first generation where w- women got it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And I think if well, you're our parents, though, well, also not remember. So much. Well, I wasn't. My, my mom understands it. And my dad, that was the problem. It's not yeah. necessarily by gender lines. Like you know, by you know, there there are women who have played video games going all the way back to the first arcade games. Like, yeah. remember, it wasn't until I played it with my sister yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. my sister likes them too. Yeah, my yeah. sister had Game Boys and stuff. It it wasn't until you know, if you go back to pre Crash advertisement, advertisement for video games are uh, always unisex. Women. Yeah, they're, they're everyone, cool to the whole family. Yeah, it was everyone. It's not until the NES had to launch and be launched as a toy. And when you launch that as a toy, the toy stores were like, well, is it a boy's toy or a girl toy? Because that's mm-hmm. how they organized the toy setups in the retail space. And Nintendo picked boy toy because that's just what they figured would be a better chance of being successful. And that's where the idea that video games are for boys comes from, mm-hmm. is that that marketing decision. Yeah. Um, and then, they, of course, the industry and marketing leaned into that real hard over the next 10 years or so. And that's sort of where we ended up. 
but um you know it's it's uh it's never been really a big a big issue for me it's become honestly these days it's more of an issue of me forcing myself to play stuff so i can talk about it on this show i think if i wasn't on this show i would be playing less video games than i have ever played in my life i so i was asked that on ask shane anything the new episode's up now for our patrons um, they were like, what would you be playing if you weren't doing this as your job? And I was like, I'd be playing probably all the big budget stuff. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be playing as much multiplayer. I wouldn't be playing as many indie games. Yeah. If um, I, if I was, had nothing, if I had nothing, no professional responsibility to games right now, I would be probably, I'll be done with Mass Effect Remastered Collection right now, <laughs> frankly. Um, I'd, be, I'd be playing that. I would be probably dipping into, you know, a couple of older games I like and like to play. I'd be probably playing Saints Row 4 still like right now. Um, but I wouldn't really be forcing myself to keep up with everything and paying a whole lot of attention. Um, honestly, I'd probably be leaning on Rob Manuel to tell me about any indie stuff I'd missed. Like Game Manual in our Game chat. Game Manual in the chat. He was in there Trust earlier. the man on indie trust, games. Yeah, he knows trust, what he's talking trust about. Trust him. Don't listen to us. <laughs> he <laughs> definitely knows what about he's it. talking about. Um, yep. Yeah, like that, I, it would be, you know, I, yeah, I've diversified things more. and I, It's not a, a comment on the industry now. It's not like I think games are bad now. or I think they're better than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. It's just... You know, like very rarely does a game hook me and not let me go, and just that's all I want to do right now. Like the last thing I can think like that was probably Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Like I played Ghost of Tsushima like a fiend when that game. I, I could not stop playing that game. I thought I still was, do that with tons of games. Just yeah. get into them and just don't stop. Doesn't happen. I mean, I I did that with Saints Row Four, just in terms of you know. <laughs> the, 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 I love that game. I you know I, I can't explain. Or like No Man's Sky. I played No Man's Sky yeah, for a thousand hours. You definitely did that over that the last game. five years. Yeah, like easily across all saves, easily a thousand hours. Yeah, and I still go back to it every once in a while. I got that Indium isn't gonna mar- you know isn't gonna mine itself. I gotta, gotta <laughs> sell some stuff. Um, so yeah, but it'd be it would be a rarer thing. It'd be better, better balance. I'd probably be watching more movies, frankly, because yeah. I feel I'm way behind on movies these days because of devoting games. time to games yep okay that's it for game face 268 another great episode thanks to all your great questions edh 420 thank you for twitch prime coming in at the last minute uh don't forget this saturday noon pacific 3 p.m eastern i'm playing your super mario maker two levels get them done get them in um also officially last call for Pactor factor questions right now um, you have about an hour from the time I leave the studio until I get home to start compiling them to get your questions in. Twitter, Sifted, Patreon, tons of places where you can submit your questions. Get them in, though. There's only about an hour left before I have to get all my stuff together and uh, get the shoot together for tomorrow. Um, but I think that's it. I think next week we're here on Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames um, at our usual time, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. The following week, it's going to be in flux. Make sure you follow us at Sifted Games on Twitter. Um, also, another note, if you've been following me on Twitter at Dinfire to get information about like what's happening with Sifted. Is Game Face going live? Is the archive of Game Face up? Is the free version of Game Face up on YouTube now? Follow Sifted Games to do that. Um, this past week was the last week I was retweeting any of that stuff on my personal account. It's time to use my personal account for what it's supposed to be used for instead of a promotional tool for Sifted. At this point... If my followers on my personal account haven't gone over to Sifted, it, then they don't care. And they're just annoyed that I keep promoting Sifted stuff through my personal account. So that's going away. So make sure you follow us at Sifted Games. If you're listening to this show out on any of the podcast services, and we're on all of them, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're like, hey, I'd like to have a podcast version of it, go down into the description. We have links to one click 
hook up your podcast feed on all the services. We're on all of them. You, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all of them. Um, and there are links to that in the description. If you want to support the show, and we can always use the support, we always need it, uh, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge $1, a million dollars, whatever you want, whatever you can afford. We'll appreciate every single dollar that you contribute. Um, so we'll be back next Tuesday. Everyone have a good week. Game Face is up and out. <laughs> <laughs>